Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! From the IMLD Home Studios, in its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. You are indeed listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you on a Saturday night, December the 11th, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. You can tell the seasons are changing. It is winter in America. Jay's got inches and inches of snow up where he is. We've got tornadoes going through down here where I am in Tennessee, uh, deadly tornadoes that uh, leveled an Amazon factory uh, in southern Illinois. Uh, so just terrible weather going down last night. Uh, those who were affected uh, can only say nothing but best wishes and, and hope for the best. Uh, it was it was pretty bad. Um, and Jay, it's, it's just fitting with this football season. There's uh, all sorts of goofiness happening uh, in football and in the country right now. That was pretty wild. Yeah, we got 10 inches of snow here. About, that's what we figure. You know, sometimes it's so hard to tell officially what you got when you walk out because of how much of it blew off rooftops and, you know, drifted into areas. But it was it was definitely, uh, you know, it was a lot. But fortunately, uh, it wasn't like your normal snowstorm here where we get the big dump and then, it you know, the, the temperatures drop, right? So you get the big snow and then it's sub-zero the next day. So it was still... 30, 33, you know, right in there. So the sun came out, roads are all nice and, um, you know, clear to drive on. So it was, it was a very easy uh, big snowstorm to kind of manage. You know, I got just went into work a few hours late just to make sure that the plows had a chance to go through. And it's amazing how, how everybody just kind of rolls with it here. Like, eh, you know, almost a foot of snow, eh, no big deal, you know, and, 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 the storms that were rolling through down your way, I mean, there was sort of that tornado that went through four states, you know, and broke a mm-hmm. record, wiped it, pretty much wiped up one of the towns in Kentucky about off the map. And, uh, yeah, that Amazon factory that got hit, and you'd see all the damage. You know, what's, what's really strange is it was all the same storm. So the same storm that dumped a foot of snow on us is the same storm yeah. that hit down by you. That's how big this storm was, so... You get those a few times a year. Oh, those ones that you know they, they they pull up that Gulf moisture, and you get these these giant storms, and they they come out of Louisiana and up through your way, and you get up in the north here, and we get the snow and the ice. Yeah, you know it's bad when they're warning you. Everyone, uh, all the weather people have been yeah. uh, telling you uh, all week on the news. Get ready, it's coming. This is when it's going to hit. And they were very accurate about it. They said overnight, uh, Friday night into Saturday down here, 
And that's exactly what happened. We had sirens and alarms going off down here uh, midnight uh, through yeah. 2 a.m. or so. Uh, not fun. It, well, yeah, when when it's, when it's 80 degrees and yeah, the record for – yeah. Uh, Memphis is, of course, in the Mid-South, so you're going to have a lot warmer temperatures than in the North. But it, even with that, uh, 80 degrees on Friday was a was a record for Memphis. And just perfect tornado conditions, basically, with storms coming through, hot fronts, cold fronts, all mixing together. And, yeah, they, they said it was going to be the big one, and it was. And no surprise. And what uh, – has me a little worried is that next week is going to be back up in the seventies again, uh, temperature wise, yeah, we're, which we're supposed to be near 60 here. One of the <laughs> days this week. Now that's weird. Yeah, no, yeah, that's two, unbelievable. Get, we have Wednesday. We're supposed to have six, like 58 and rain. It's just crazy. You can, you can tell that we grew up watching uh, way too much Tom Skilling. <laughs> and boys and girls, let me tell you, this is going to be a real barn burner here. You got to be ready. I can't even do a good Tom Skilling voice, he's a, but yeah. He's a national treasure. He is. Um, so yeah, uh, the goofy weather along with the goofy season, along with the goofy yeah. uh, week 13, just kind of all so mixes still, together. It's perfect. A little, little funny story about that, because you know, I, my, I used to have family. Obviously, my grandparents lived down your way, right? Yep. And this this just goes to tell you when we talk about the national treasure of that that of that Tom Skilling is. So obviously, you know, my grandparents were from Chicago originally, and and they moved down uh, down there when they kind of retired. They would watch, no joke. They would watch Tom Skilling's weather forecasts out of Chicago for their weather down in Tennessee <laughs> because he was more accurate than the people down in Tennessee. <laughs> So even though he wasn't giving the detailed, like, you know, here, they would watch the map, right? Because his map mm-hmm. would show the whole country and what the temperatures were going to be and where the storms were going to be and what he would – and he would end – and because he was just like this – it was this 15-minute weather segment that they devoted just to him. So he'd give you pretty much the national weather. Right. And they actually watched his weather forecast for their weather down in your area because he was better than the weather forecasters down there. <laughs> that that that's that's how you know you're doing it right when you can get the weather right for other parts of the country you don't even realize you're doing it and that goes along with the uh the superstation wgn which is yep. uh how so many baseball fans knew about harry carey and steve stone and uh the, and the how i got reach. to watch the cubs all summer long even though i was in tennessee at my grandparents incredible um, and then the other superstation TBS, and that's how we know about the other carry kids uh, mm-hmm. doing their broadcasting along with the, all the Braves broadcasters down there. So, yeah, the, the big reach of those superstations back in the day. Uh, yet another thing to explain to your kids that would have no idea what we're talking about. Superstation? What are you, what yeah, are you talking that? about? Yeah. All we, they we know get all YouTube. the stations. That's all they watch. They, they watch these, these these goofy YouTube videos of, of people acting like fools and, and making money doing it. So, hey, good for those. They've clearly unlocked the secret of, of, of making some of these, these these silly videos, and then they have their own, they own their own personalities and their own beefs, and, you know, then they have, like, you know, it's like, like how rappers just shoot each other, you know? Right. Like, I'm waiting for these YouTubers to start going after each other because it's... It, the news even the news doesn't even tell the news anymore. All you get on the news now is CNN talking about Fox and Fox talking about CNN. They don't they report on each other. 
because that's clearly what gets the most viewers, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it's, it's wrestling. It, it's basically <laughs> news wrestling. Yeah. I mean, we've, we figured it out. I think, uh, you know, when the whole Trump thing happened and, you know, some, again, like I said, somebody that was that big of a joke actually being a candidate, but it's sports. He got the platform because he got the ratings because people couldn't stop watching him because he was basically Vince McMahon reincarnated and, you know, holding his his heel turn, you know, right, holding his hand up to his ear and listening to the crowd. Hey, you you want some more (laughs) of this? All right. Fire is what we've got now. Yeah, so news isn't news anymore. It's let's let's report on the the, the news anchors from other stations, you know. Yeah. And yeah, uh. it, it's it's getting so it's getting crazy. Now you're starting to see it with like Congress people. Now they're all going after each other. You know, I'm just waiting for them to all start dropping diss tracks. <laughs> that that's well, whatever, all we need. Whatever gets attention. That's that's all everybody's yeah. looking for. Yeah. Not not about actually what's going on in the world. It's look at me, look at me. It is. No, uh, we're, we're Narcissism times a thousand. Yeah, we, that, that, yeah, that's that's all it is now. Uh, your kids looking at the YouTube. Wait till they discover the TikTok. No, I, really, I don't. We uh... don't let them. Nope. <laughs> nope. That is that's that is really not happening. That yeah. is not happening. Oh man. So I guess we should start talking some football. I, I don't know if anything was more. Uh, newsworthy uh, than what happened on Monday night. So uh, your uh, impressions of whatever the hell that was in, in that uh, New England-Buffalo game. I, I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> Figuring out, you know, the coaching isn't having to be smarter than the other guy. It's understanding the conditions and playing playing to win. Hello? <laughs> you know, oh, it, Herm, Herm had something to say about that. Yep. Herm, hello, you play to win the game, and that's it. And Buffalo still tried to throw because they're not as you know not an adept running team. But in New England, they're okay. But Buffalo, not a great run defense. They've been getting run up and down all over this season. They've they've shrunk in big games. And yeah, uh, very Chris, Chris Winkie like out of uh, Mac yeah. Jones and the New England Patriots. In fact, at least Chris Winkie threw the ball seven times. Mac Jones yeah, threw the ball three times. Less than half of that. In a winning effort, you know, it was windy. It was raw. It, it was you know, it didn't set football back. It was exactly what they needed to do to win the game. Uh, get a foothold in the division. Um, and, and we still kind of look at Buffalo now and they still didn't show us and we were both dead on. We were asking them to show us and they, they didn't. did not show us. No, it was there. They, they could have, even with all of that, they still had a chance, but you know, New England had the perfect, perfect game plan. And I mean, they just come on. I mean, they just ran it all over. I mean, I, yes, they amassed most of their running, on on three big plays, and then a lot of it was three yards in a cloud of dust. But but still, whatever works, whatever it, wins all the you game, like you said. Yeah, it it, it play, play to the conditions, right? Isn't this exactly what we talk about? Teams like the, the teams that we know need to run to win, but are too stupid to do that. Especially <laughs> like when we had uh, you know Cleveland last year in that you know forty mile an hour win game, and they could barely cover. Um, 
it was reminiscent of what we saw uh, Minnesota do when they went to Green Bay in that game and ended up winning in that same kind of that same weekend where it was all these crazy wins. They just didn't need to throw the football. Right. And yeah. uh, sometimes you, you can outsmart yourself. And the Patriots like said, did the, not outsmart themselves. The the coach that was much less likely to outsmart himself did so, and, and the coach that uh, isn't there yet, you know that that was a coach sunning is basically what that was. Son, yeah. you're not ready to coach on my level. You're not ready to figure out uh, how to play the conditions and how to uh, win a game like this. M- maybe it's not fair to the Bills, but to me, it felt like they were never going to win that game. I felt like kids playing against adults. That mm-hmm. there's no at no point in that game did I think the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the New England Patriots. Even with all the uh, attention on the fact that the Patriots were refusing to throw the ball uh, so many series in a row where they didn't throw and the, the announcers is going crazy in the booth. Oh my God, what are they doing? I can't believe the strategy. Uh, at, at no point did I think the Bills were going to figure out how to outsmart the Patriots doing that. I, I, I knew the Patriots were going to win the game like that. I knew they were going to the whole time. I knew they were going to figure out a way to, especially once they got the lead on the big touchdown run, of course, by Damian Harris. Uh, that that's that's what it is. That's when the team, uh, like I said, you know, we wanted them to prove it, and they didn't. This, this is a team that has all the potential, has all the talent uh, in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, got pretty good coaching too, but not the goat coach, of course. And they're just not there yet. They're they're they keep climbing. They keep. Uh, going up a rung on the ladder every year, but Bill Belichick standing there at the top of the ladder with a bucket full of shit, and he's ready to dump it on their head every single time. It's He's doing this without Tom Brady now. He had the one year right. without Brady uh, with Cam Newton. That didn't go very well. And he readjusted and waited till 700 other quarterbacks had taken in the draft, and he took the one that he wanted that everyone said was the best fit for that team anyway. Um, and now here they are in, in December uh, with a rookie quarterback uh, where he refuses to use the, the rookie quarterback to throw the ball just here, hand it off, hand it off, hand it off. We'll find a way. We'll win the game anyway. We'll find a way. And, and that's exactly what they do. Uh, that that was that was something. That was 1920s football right there. Like you said, three yards in a cloud of dust. And, man, it was – it was. I, I'm proud that we had that. I'm proud that we picked that because that is the team that would have – done that. I don't know if there's any other team in the league that would have done it in those conditions in that manner, that would have had the balls to say, it's 2021 and we're not going to throw the football at all except for like three times. Who else would have even tried to do that? But right. they no, did it all and, of these other won. coaches, all these other coaches are all the, the geniuses, right? And, and they they have to show the geniusness. What, 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 you know, Belichick just they they came up with between him and McDaniel's and, and what, what the, the defense has been playing solid. They just drew up the perfect plan for this game, and it worked. You're not going to do this every. You can't do this every week. No, who would who would try? <laughs> right. It almost uh, makes you look back at last year with that Patriots team because we're talking, you know, because all oh, they were terrible. Nothing went right for them last year. They were still seven and nine. Yeah, they had some moments. Even last year, it was like, uh oh, they're, they're, they're yeah. still the Patriots, you know, before it's sort of you know falling apart at the end. But yeah, they they were never a team that I thought was just totally uh, 
off the map and couldn't possibly rebound and, and do anything the rest of Belichick's career, which is what it sounded like a lot of people were intimating. I don't know if anyone ever came right out and said Belichick is completely done and finished, but it sure sounded like they were trying to bury him. It sounded like they were trying to put the, the shovel to him, and yeah, not so fast, my friend. Uh, yeah, and here in, they in, are now, uh, what, game and a half up in that division? Yeah, and, and in the game itself, uh, the Bills do good. They do do well to get to the red zone on the, on the final drive. They're, so they're down 14 10. They're still trying to fight back. They're still trying to figure out a way. They get to the red zone, then they fall start. And then you got Project running around frenzy before throwing and, and the pass is broken up. Uh, and they get the fourth down, and then that pass got knocked down. So right. I, I did want to. And he had two wide open guys on that play, too, by the way, that he passed up. Yeah, it was uh he, he also he had, had Beasley and Diggs wide open. Yeah. He also had a touchdown uh that hit off of Diggs's arm at one point. Yeah. Uh because of the conditions. It uh, was still they right. That that's that's you know, Buffalo was taking the higher risk chance and New England just kept grinding away, running the ball, and Buffalo's clearly that's been their weakness. Teams have run all over them. Look at what the Colts and the Titans, you know. So here, here's the here's the Patriots. Like, man, man we're, we're we're mediocre running the football, and we ran all over these guys. Yeah, they go for two twenty two as a team, just, as committed to the run as you will ever see. Nineteen yards passing, and they win the game, fourteen to ten. Unbelievable, just a chef's kiss to Belichick and McDaniel's and and the game plan. Uh, like I said, never a doubt, never thought that the Bills were going to win that game. You, you saw the wind conditions. You saw how every ball that went in the air, whether it was a kick or a, uh, or a throw, just had no chance of getting to where it was intended to go because that's how the wind, either you're kicking into it and the ball is go, you know, coming back in your face uh, or you're throwing with the wind or kicking with the wind and it's just sailing. Everything is just is taking off. You have no idea where it's going. You have no chance of having any accuracy. Um, and, and the Bills are the ones that didn't make the adjustments, and the Patriots didn't, and so that's how you come up with come out with that uh, that result. Yeah. So and and good for them. This is this is why Bill Belichick is the the goat. Exactly. Uh, so what else uh, stood out to you uh, in a in a wild week thirteen? What we what we got to talk about the Lions because this is about ah, the only first time win. all year we're going to talk about the Lions. Our how about if you're Minnesota, you know, you lose that one. You basically lose that game the way you won the first game, but Minnesota's really close to being, you know, 0-2 this season against Detroit. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, so, hey, good for the Lions. They won their Super Bowl, right? They, I mean, the way they celebrated, you know, they, they, that's how they acted. But, hey, good for them. We, we, You and I said on the last show – We said on the last show, we we wanted them to win a game. Like, they clearly, yeah. this is not a team that should go over. And, you know, and we're not counting the tie, right? Just like, oh, they didn't lose every game. No, no, no. We're talking about <laughs> this Lions team has not been that bad to be winless at this point. And, and they, they've been in games, and they played games where they played their heart out, and they pulled out all the stops. And then they played games where they were completely lethargic. It just got the doors blown. They're they're bad. I mean, clearly they're bad. But hey, they got they got one, and so good for got them. They won. So I feel yeah, a little better 
that they got that. And they got it in dramatic fashion, right? Getting it at home on the last play of the game. Um, you know, just, you know, the Vikings are so snake bit um, to, to lose a game that way. But I, I believe we both had Detroit in that one. Uh, yeah, uh, they uh, they led the twenty to six at one point in that. Yeah, they game, tried so to blow it. They tried. <laughs> Lions gonna lion. They, they sure are. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna talk about Jared Goff throwing uh, the INT to lose it to Bashad Breeland who couldn't catch it. I'm not gonna mention that. Well, um, you know, it's all water under the bridge now. <laughs> uh, which allowed Goff to become the hero with the the game winning touchdown to uh, Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown. So so good on them at uh, Detroit. Knocking off Minnesota, getting their first win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to bring that up. I'm not going to mention Jared Goff's shortcomings and the fact that he's clearly not the answer because he, he he's the he's the answer for one week. He's the winner for one week. So that's uh, <laughs> that, that's good on him. Uh, yeah, we definitely uh, we're rooting for the Lions. The the meatball coach that doesn't know what he's doing, but he certainly uh, gets his players to play hard and they're grinding and they're biting ankles and biting kneecaps and all that. And yeah, we, we all knew they were a joke going into the season, but we, I don't think the, and I don't think either one of us thought that roster was, was Owen 17 or Owen 16 and one bad. It's just not that no. bad. There's, we've seen some terrible rosters uh, that deserve to be, you know, one win or, zero win teams and I don't think the Lions are quite that bad two or three yeah 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 you know yeah one one might be their ceiling who knows <laughs> that but might be it that might <laughs> one one fifteen and one is still way better than oh sixteen and one definitely definitely take you know, one over they, zero they are clearly playing uh I mean they've got to have be head and shoulders above everybody for that number one pick um yeah, there's no one else uh, close to that record, I don't believe. No, because even even like Houston's got like two. <laughs> you yep, know? And, so Lions, and the Jags Lions better be careful. <laughs> be careful now. Don't pull the, the Jets. The, the Texans and the Jags are uh, half game uh, ahead of the Lions for that last uh, for that number one pick, yeah. or a half game behind, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, but we said it after draft night, right? The guy who was clearly coming out, who was going into the best position, was Mac Jones. And, and he only needed to throw three passes to win a game, and now he's in first place, and he's got Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. So, you know, getting that number one pick, Detroit, not not all it's always, you know, shakes shakes out to be. Um, it can work great, or it can not work so great. Yeah, because you can get it, Flip it Wilson or Trevor Lawrence and, and, a, and an idiot coach. These things can all work against you. Yeah, just just like the games. It could go either way. Yeah, it's a coin toss. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that that happened. Uh, so good, you know, and obviously not probably where you were expecting me to go, but we got to get that out of the way. Good for the Lions. Probably the most we will talk about the Lions in the first hour of our show uh, for the rest of the year. So good job, guys. They they got the win. They deserve it. Finally yeah. off the schneid. Um, no, I'll, let's go to a, an actual good game uh, and a little okay. a bit of a surprising uh, result because we talk about teams that only have one pathway to win. And well, it, they did it, and that would be the Chargers. Um, they, one pathway to victory, and that is Justin Herbert goes insane, and he certainly did against uh, Cincinnati. Herbert fired uh, all of his ammo that he had. Joe Burrow tried to keep up and fire his ammo with a with a bent up little finger that was gnarly. Uh, it, that I, that game was actually the the local game 
here uh, with the Titans uh, on a bye. We got to see something else at the in the noon hour. Uh, so we got the uh, Clippers Bengals and yeah, that was a, that was an event. That was a strange game. Uh, LA got to the four yard line on the very first drive uh, uh, in Cincinnati, but they got stopped. Uh, and Brandon Staley, he's going to go for it like every damn time. Like yeah. he doesn't care about any, there's a, a, a sort of a hit piece out on uh, some anonymous uh Coaches and GMs, or actually, I don't think they were, they were not. I think they were. They went to some of the older guys like Parcells and Jimmy Johnson, and they were talking about oh, too many analytics, too many guys going for too too much risk. Too many, and of course, the old guys are going to say too much risk because that's what they do. They're they're old guys and they don't like risk. Uh, these are the younger guys. These are the younger generation. They're using the analytics. They're they're recognizing that going forward, while looking riskier, uh, is actually the smarter play that gives you the better chance to win better percentages to win and brandon staley is like the the head of the class at that he's going for it every freaking time um and justin herbert delivers the touchdown to keenan allen to get him going get him on the scoreboard and so that's the risk is you go for it and you don't get it now you got zero instead of three and i know you're a proponent of take the points a lot of the times um but they went for the seven they got the seven and that sort of started everything off it felt like that was almost a turning point right there on the first drive of the game. If the Clippers don't get anything and the, and the Bengals take over and go down the field, then it might be all Bengals all day, but because the Chargers were able to get that touchdown, then they go, uh, go crazy and, and engage in this war back and forth with the Bengals. It was, it was kind of fascinating to watch uh, those two kids going at it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Herbert comes out on top yeah, like you said, that's pretty much the way they're going to do it. The, the Chargers is, is Justin Herbert's going to have to be Superman and, and come through and, and have huge, huge games and huge efforts. Uh, and, and that's the only way the, the Chargers are going to hang in there. They tried to lose this one, too. They tried to give it up yep. to the Bengals uh, later on. Even with the bad finger, uh, Joe Burrow was actually slinging it around and trying to, to keep the Bengals alive. It was crazy. Uh, it was a battle of fumbles at one point between Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon. Um, so that played a, a part as well, but uh, in the end, uh, the, the Bengals are right there on the doorstep, trying to sort of complete the comeback, and then mixing with the big, big fumble, the big one that got picked up and ran all the way for a for a big touchdown for the Chargers that flipped everything around. So yeah, that was that was a crazy one. Yeah, and a fun game, you know, and two, two teams that aren't great, you know, two teams that we kind of look at as like, well, you know, maybe not, maybe this is probably the, the, the year too soon type year for both of these teams, but they're clearly on the rise, right? Oh, yeah. They got to shore things up. I, we, we both, I believe, had Cincinnati in this one, so we took the L. Yeah, and it was tough because I really didn't know which way I wanted to go in that when I kind of yeah. settled on Cincinnati and like, damn it, yeah. I could have settled on the Chargers instead. Well, yeah. Well, you know, in Cincinnati, I think, had been the more – they've been playing better defense, you know, and they, they they seem to, like, find this thing with Joe Mixon these last few games, and here come the yeah. Chargers, not particularly good against the run. But when you've got a guy like Justin Herbert, he, he's just – he's going to have those games. <laughs> and he had one. And hell of an effort, you know, 317 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Um. Yeah. So good for him. You know, I think we we both come down on the side though. I, mean, I think we both like Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm pretty sure we. I, I know I gave I had him as rookie of the year, best rookie. Um, 
last year. I don't know if you give out that award, but you didn't argue with me when I gave it to him. No, I don't do a rookie of the year, but yeah, I, I certainly recognize the potential. I see uh, the big time effort again, sort of the Sam Bradford litmus test. If I can see it on the TV, when I watch it, then I'm going to respect it. I never <laughs> right. saw it with Sam Bradford. I just did. Right. I know I'm beating a dead horse with that, but no, I, I see it with Burrow, and I and see you it with got Herbert, to watch definitely. that game, so that was probably your most prolonged exposure to both of these guys. Right. Um, and and they, they kind of took out the, the artillery. Like, it was one of those yeah. that, as the game went on, they both were, oh, oh yeah, watch this. Oh, okay, well, watch, let me show you this. They, they both were kind of taking it out and measuring it with each other. You could tell they really, both of them really wanted that, that game. They, they had the, the same draft class. They have that drama going in. Um, Bur- again, Burrow had the bent finger thing that he was trying to play through, and it was, it, it was gutsy that he was playing through it. That, like the little finger was bent out. I don't know if you saw any pictures of it, but it was, it no. was sticking the wrong way, and it, yeah, was, it was bad. And he, they showed him trying to warm up and throw and, you know, get over it after they put it back in place. And he's grimacing and it, it wasn't looking good. I, I thought for a second he wasn't going to be able to continue, but uh, he came back out in the second half. Not only did he continue, but he, you know, sort of went blow for blow with, with, with Herbert. Like they both really wanted, they both wind up uh, over 300, I believe. I think the uh, yeah. Bengals, yeah, the Bengals right at 300 for, for the Bengals um, and three. Three seventeen for Herbert. Yeah, they were they were really going for it. Um, yeah, you you hit you hit on the uh, running attack for the Bengals, and that's pretty much what swayed me to to pick them because they, uh, like you said, they seemed like they had found a new way to play, a new way to win, not just Burrow to Jamar Chase. Um, but again, it was it was a fumble fest, and and Bixen, uh had some issues and winds up coughing it up and and sort of stopping all the momentum for the Bengals and losing that game. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, those two offenses and those two quarterbacks specifically, they were the focus going in and they, they sort of took charge of the game as, as the game went on. And they were like, it's going on my, they both were like, this is going on my shoulders. We're going to win or lose on, on my shoulders right now. And, uh, Herbert comes out on top, uh, over Burrow. So yeah, great effort, uh. You can't. Uh, I still feel like you can't rely on on the, on the Chargers. They're still, uh, no. like you said, they're you know up and coming and yeah. got their their issues certainly um, that, that with consistency and you know just uh, that that run defense is always something that you look at like uh that they're they're not dead last anymore uh, after that effort they hold. Joe Mixon relatively in check, and, and they actually are are not the worst run defense in the league anymore. That honor now belongs to the Houston Texans. Ugh. Yeah, I, I've, I've figured out about with the Chargers. If you are the Chargers opponent, no matter what is going on, you're always in the game. Either way. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're always in the game. You could be down 20, you know, you could be down like the, the uh, Bengals were. They got that all the way back to 24-22 before the big yeah. fumble. So. Yep. It's a 24 nothing game that goes back to 20, you know, so yep, the, the Chargers will let you stay in the game uh, no matter whether they're winning or losing. The Chargers will come back on you, and they'll give it up. So they are inconsistent. So I, I want to ask you a question. I'll let you play GM here for a moment, um, or, or head coach, because okay. this was you nailed this one last week. So I, I, I 
give you credit when you win a pick and you nail the manner of, of why and your logic makes sense. So you're coming off of a bye this week now, going into your start next week. If you have to make a choice, and I don't know if health is going to be a big risk here, and you're the head coach or the GM of the Eagles, who's your quarterback next week if health's not an issue? If health's not, if it's okay. So if um, if Jalen Hurts' ankle is let's such say he's okay. that they, like that they deem him ready to come back and, and start, I think I'm still going with Hurts. I think uh, okay. because Minshew mania is uh, as wild and crazy as he is. It's sort of a known quantity. I think you know the ceiling with with Minshew mania. I think. Um, I, I think people know you're not going to, you know, win playoff games with, with Minshew Mania. That he, he's, he's exciting. He, he'll uh, have a, a solid performance here and there. But you, you keep going to him. You keep going to, to that well, uh, like the Jaguars found out. It, it turns ugly after a while. Uh, great game. I can't, can't take a damn thing away from what he did in, in that victory over the Jets. Awesome effort. Um, it, but it, it's one game. It, everyone can have one really good game. Mike White had one really good game. But the, um, the only reason I'm asking is because, yeah. and again, yeah, they were playing the Jets. Yes, that's but part the of it. Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles had something that they don't have with Jalen Hurts. They had balance. Yes. They were incredibly balanced. They ran and threw. Um, you know, they almost ran for 200 and they threw for over 200 and that's not, that's not what you expect out of the Eagles. Well, you're not going to get that with Hurts. I I, I will tell you, even if that had been, not been Minshew and that was Hurts, Hurts is not going 20 for 25 with two touchdowns. No. So that's why I'm just curious because you nailed that one. So it was giving you first crack at being like baby GM of the Philadelphia Eagles who are just on the outside looking in right now, uh, playoff-wise. They're right there. They they scored in their first seven possessions of the game. Uh, Minshew started 11 for 11. Um, yeah. they, they were playing the Jets. I, I really... Yeah, and, the, uh, and the Jets actually hung around for a lot of that game. Yeah, Zach Wilson competed, uh, and that's why they hung around, because Zach Wilson has some games where he doesn't even compete, but at least he actually tries, so... Yeah. Um, no, I uh, I I would go back to Hurts because even Does with his get shorter. Oh, I don't not not I don't really want to put him in that situation where he's got to look over his shoulder. I want to I really want to give him the fairest opportunity to see what the best uh, of Jalen Hurts could be because I don't know uh, if this thing where he doesn't really know how to throw the football very well. I don't know if that's yeah. going to be, you know, a permanent part of his, his, his makeup, or if it's just that he's still young and, and his career is still sort of starting. I want to give it, cause if he turns into a half decent passer uh, with the uh, electricity that he has with his right. feet, he could actually be something. And yeah, he could I kind really of be like a, like a poor man's Lamar Jackson, you know, r- really poor. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, uh, no, that's for me. You know, no, I, man, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm along that track with you. I, I, I see that uh, as well. Uh, just somebody that can uh, 
really electrify the offense with his feet, even when things are not going so well through the air, because Lamar still has those issues, especially the second half of this season. Um, that, but even when he's not throwing well, you know that if he gets those feet going, you're in trouble. Um, I want to see if Jalen Hurts can develop to a half decent thrower and, and combine that with the uh, with the feet that he has, because uh, you might have something there, and that's why I would go with him. With Minshew, I think you have a, a decent backup. I think you know, obviously, based on this game, you have a guy that if you have to put him in in a pinch, you don't feel so bad. Uh, so, that, so that's good. That's good that you have that guy right. in your back pocket. He's not General Mills or, or one of those Ooh. guys, you know, or, or um, Allen. Tim Tim Boyle. <laughs> oh my God, that guy. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's a little better than a Random Allen. He's he's got a little more juice than that. Um, but that's yeah. You asked my opinion, and that's it. I think however good that Minshew looked against the Jets, I think I still want to give Jalen Hurts every opportunity to see if he can become. Uh, something that I can work with in the future. Because obviously that's the decision that they have to make in Philadelphia. They're talking about uh, they might not draft a a quarterback. They might stick with this Hurts kid and and let him go at least another year, see what they got. Uh, But they might throw him away. They might decide we we need to, you know, start over because he's so bad uh, throwing the football. So I I would give him uh, some more rope. I want to see what else he's got. But, yeah, you're Washington – I mean, sorry, you're uh, Philadelphia – coming off the bye, and your last four games are Washington, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas. Yeah, that's a weird NFC schedule. They That is the they, gauntlet for all these yeah. teams all running into each other here over the last four weeks. And Philadelphia, at, at right now, six and seven. I mean, you know, you win three out of these four, and all of a sudden you're, you're talking potentially a wild card team, which I would not have thought. Well, that NFC is, is is soupy. We've talked about that. Um, the East is. Yeah, well, the Cowboys clearly seem to be the best team, just sort of by default <laughs> in sure. that division. Um, yeah, you're you're, yeah, you're talking about a, the wild card. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm talking, I don't, yeah the, the the wild cards there. There's there's a bunch of teams all kind of clumped together in the NFC. Yeah. Um, in that five six, in the, yeah, the, those those five and six win teams because there are no. Uh, there are no seven-win teams in the NFL. That's all you have in the AFC is all these teams at seven. The right. uh, NFC has no seven-win teams. It's a whole bunch of fives and sixes once you get past the division leaders. Yeah. Well, and the Rams, who have an eight. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah that division is probably over, um, has been over for a while. Uh, the, the Cowboys would have to really – uh, collapse for the Eagles or the Potato Skins uh, to, to have a shot at that. So yeah, they're looking at battling all these other teams for uh, for wild card positioning. And uh, yeah, I, I I just don't know if you want to say well Gardner Minshew gives us the best chance to get a wild card spot or get a playoff spot because that sounds right. exciting uh, on paper. Uh, you know, that sounds like something you say into a microphone and maybe get your fan base a little excited because Minshew has that personality. But in reality and practicality, you, you have to look at the totality of Gardner Minshew's Jacksonville career. And, you know, that's all you can go on. And going on that, you, you can't play him too many games in a row because eventually the, uh, the, the, the shoe will turn into a pumpkin. Oh, absolutely. But I was just curious, you know, saying that that's a team that, you know, is looking at moving, making a little, making a little move here. 
if, you know, and again, health might be a factor yet. So if Jalen Hurts' ankle isn't good to go in two weeks or next week, um, you know, that doesn't matter. I'd stand by that statement that I made concerning the, the, the pick and concerning taking Minshew, which is I like Gardner Minshew healthy better than Jalen Hurts with a bad ankle because Jalen Hurts with a bad ankle now is forced to rely on his throwing, and his throwing right now is just not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a liability. Yes. Oh, so uh, any, what's, any, anything stood out to you? Because uh, I've kind of picked the last few here. Yeah, I brought up Lamar, and uh, boy, he is just not oh. himself. Pittsburgh, but that was the one I think I got on you. Uh, you sure did. Oh, those those Steelers, they they looked like they wanted to go away and die, and then they rise up from the dead, and they kind of did the same thing Thursday night, except they were this close to. You know, to I don't even want to talk about that week. game because that game, <laughs> the Vikings are up twenty nine to nothing in the third quarter, and I had to sweat that thing out. That would have been a record if the Steelers complete that comeback. That would have been an all-time comeback. My God. You should not have to sweat out a cop-out line in a game that is 29 to nothing in the third quarter. That's all I have to say about that game. Because everything else, I, I, I had it right. Delvin Cook was back. He was a monster oh my in that God. game. I guess his shoulder's okay. Uh, yeah, that's not even 100% Delvin. Well, you know what? Don't need your shoulder. <laughs> you just need your legs. <laughs> You don't need a shoulder when you're running through holes. You don't need your shoulder if nobody touches you. Right. You didn't have to lower his shoulder. No, if nobody's touching you, you don't need your shoulders. That's just, uh, yeah. And and the Steelers didn't want anything to do with Dalvin Cook. Or anyone else. Those those holes were just, they were there for anybody to run through. It wasn't Dalvin coming. It was just hole. Yeah, that one touchdown run that he had, it was like that 30-yarder where like the whole half of the field was his. (laughs) God, and with all of that, every Steeler went into one gap. <laughs> that doesn't work. I don't know who drew that up, but that was a bad. That was a bad design. When everybody yeah. rushes one gap, and then, oh, what's all this over here? Oh, it's just empty field for thirty yards. But that, uh, that, 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 I'm done with that game. That game <laughs> gave me heartburn because I'm laying there at the end. I wasn't even watching, and I'm just like. You are kidding me. They're, I know what's going to happen here because I predicted. I'm like, oh, Pittsburgh's going to score and not get the two points, and you're going to get this. Oh. Getting, you're going to get cute on this on me. Right and, in his uh, hands. No. Right in Friar Moose's hands and knocked ah. away by Harrison Smith. I was, it was right there. Oh. I, I, was, I was just – I wasn't smiling. I wasn't frowning. I was just kind of watching like – because you knew in you a, had in no a haze. Business. You knew you yeah. had zero business being I in that pick. So I was so close about five or six times to turning the TV off and going to bed, and I just it, up there. Uh, well, that would again twenty nine to nothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then the Steelers started scoring, and then they scored again, and then they scored again, and yeah. then they get the and ball then, back and again. Then the, and, uh, and then and then it looks like they're going to ice. You know, the Vikings are getting ready to ice it, and all they got to do is just you know. Punt him deep. Oh, Kirk Cousins was a pick. Mm-hmm. That's, which is, I was counting on that, and yeah. uh, that was part of my pick. And sure enough, he came through with, with doing what he does. He, he loves to throw he, he interceptions tried. on prime time. Man, you, but even even the Steelers are too are, aren't good enough to overcome overcome that. Even Kirk Cousins on the other side, the Steelers couldn't benefit from. So, 
So before that, but you, on were talking, Sunday, you were talking about your boy. You were talking about Lamar. I was talking about the Steelers uh, rising from the dead because they were yes, dead and buried. They went Undertaker, like I said, they would. They sure did. They were just so lethargic against the uh, the Bengals and looking like they had no uh, chance and no idea how to compete again. And Ben is getting rumors about he's uh, you know gonna leave the Steelers at the end of the year. Yeah. And he's donezo, and and then here come the Ravens and. Ben makes the throws he has to, and uh, Lamar didn't make the throws that he had to until the very final drive. Uh, but he, uh, speaking of two-point conversions, he missed Mark Andrews for, for two, and Pittsburgh survives and manages to win that game. And and I that's a, one of those uh, ballsy going forward type deals the, uh, the Ravens yeah, could have. Okay. <laughs> could have tied tied the game after they scored a touchdown with an extra point, but they decided to go for the win and it didn't work out. And uh, at least uh, John Harbaugh had an explanation for it at the end of the game. And it made sense. Uh, He said, look, we, you know, obviously lost Marlon Humphrey uh, for the year as he tore his peck, trying to to make a tackle on a touchdown. Uh, We were very short in our secondary. We didn't think we were going to have the horses to, to play in overtime. We were just, beat up and running short and we decided we decided to go for it and try to steal the victory right there and you know what i get it i understand that. you know what and, and they would and they would have stolen it right because they were yeah they were they were down um even if they kick even if i'm not even if they kick even if they get the two-point conversion and win the game i still win the pick so at least i had that right. going for me um because yes. i i just expected that to be a close game i thought and i thought that pittsburgh would kind of give them their sort of like their last hurrah. I, I think Pittsburgh's last hurrah was that furious comeback now against Minnesota. Cause yeah. That that felt like, didn't that feel like the last gasp? Like the death rattle? Not only did it feel like it, but the way the Steelers players reacted to that two-pointer, uh, or to that touchdown, rather, but that went out of uh, Friar Moot's hands. Yeah. Uh, like they were twirling around and throwing their arms up and like they like they just – lost the Super Bowl or something. Yeah, that was their last uh, chance to really do anything this season, and they knew it. And they, they it, it would have been, a, an all, like I said, all-time comeback. It would have beaten 28-3. to It would have beaten every other comeback in NFL history if they could have done it. And they were uh, – they had no uh, no reason to be that close. Like you said, 29 to nothing, they should have packed it in and, and been like, okay, we're, we're done so. Uh, but they, they didn't. They, came, they kept coming. The Vikings will let you hang around too, just like a lot of these other teams. Um, and the Steelers uh, come all the way back and come that close, that close uh, to it, it would have it would have at least covered the number for me if not uh, won the game. They they still would have needed a two point conversion to uh, to tie it up. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're they're now they're they're really done. Now they're you know Brady Quinn done uh, with, with that loss. So, uh, but they 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 gave it their all. I, I guess uh, you can you can give them that much. So you start off. If you started off wanting to talk about Lamar, like so you, you see, it, it's still broken, huh? All of the uh, the big come uh, comeback by the uh, the Steelers uh, to to beat uh, the Ravens, the going for for two for the Ravens on the last drive, uh, all of that uh, sort of covered up and obscured the fact that Lamar Jackson is not himself. He uh, just he competes in that game with Ben Roethlisberger uh, earlier in the season, but 
he didn't compete today. There's something that happened that first quarter, first half of the season that Lamar was making these big long throws and making connections with, with Hollywood Brown and uh, Mark Andrews and all these other targets and uh, looking like a, a different quarterback, looking much better than he had uh, all these years that he's been so bad throwing the ball deep, so inconsistent. That's all we've been looking for is some consistency with the deep ball. And he finally looked like he had discovered it and he lost it. He had it and he lost it. And I don't know where it went and I don't know if he's going to find it, but he has not been himself uh, basically since before whatever illness that made him miss a game. Um, he came back from that and had the four interception game that they won anyway, because they were playing the Cleveland Browns and we'll have that matchup once again this week. Um, and yeah, he, he didn't play much better in this game. He didn't have four INTs, but he didn't play very well uh, in the Steeler game either. Yeah, there's there's something up with him. I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, that's the that's the big takeaway uh, in that Baltimore Pittsburgh game to me is Lamar Jackson. I think wins that game uh, almost easily uh, earlier in the season. He was throwing so much better. He was having so much better connections with his guys. He doesn't, he's not connecting with his guys right now. He's doing what we've seen him do the last couple of years, which is having all these throws where his guy is looking either over the, over one shoulder and it goes whizzing past the other shoulder or his guy is looking back and, and it goes over his head or he's, or his guy's looking deep and it falls you know, short behind them. There's just something going on where it's just not connecting. The, the, the connection is not being made. It's something in the water does not compute. I don't know what yeah, it and is. It seems like, and I don't know what it is because it seems like at the beginning of every season, the last few seasons with Lamar Jackson, he comes out hitting all these big throws, you know, and lighting the world on fire. And then it's like as the season sort of just wears on, I don't know if, if teams just adjust to him or they just decide this is not the way we're going to get beat, you know. Um, you know, and then they start obviously not respecting the deep ball so everybody can play up tighter, right? So so now you're starting to limit the running ability and they just sort of see that that Ravens defense, that it needs that stretch the field element because without it, everything compacts and it kind of looks like this. It just looks boring and it'll move and Lamar will get his runs, but, but, but the, you know, the explosiveness isn't there and this, they need that. That's why they have this guy. You need the explosive plays. And if, if you cannot get them in the passing game, everybody, nobody's going to respect that part of your game. And you're going to be waiting for a lot of guys looking to hit you when you start running the football. You, you hit everything right on the head. Uh, was another part of uh, Lamar not being himself that I didn't mention that you nailed all of that is that the explosive runs aren't there because defenses aren't are not respecting the deep balls because his deep balls are all over the place and they're they're boxing up they're they're playing a lot more guys in the box they're getting uh, blitzes they're uh, sacking him and he's not escaping these blitzes and sacks uh, that he should see coming and should be able to make his escape, but because he's just so off right now, he's not even seeing right. these blitzers come and, and take him down. And by the time he starts trying to run, it's too late. He's already been hemmed in. And yeah, the, everything does work together. The, the deep ball loosened everybody up. You, didn't, you couldn't put everybody in the box like that. Uh, and therefore when uh, he did get pressure, he was able to break contain and just take off and, and kill you up the field. Uh, he can't do that right now because no one's respecting his deep ball, and they're they're just blitzing and and you know 
making a, a fishing net around him and, and holding him where he can't escape either way. He can't go left, can't go right, can't go up the middle. Um, and it, it's off right now. The, the Ravens offense is, is one word to describe it right now, off. And I don't know what they're going to do to, to solve that. Yeah, and obviously they're talented enough they're going to win games. But this, it, it's the sustainability. It's like if you, you're not going to win a Super Bowl like this. You just don't oh, know. Definitely not. Uh, you have to make uh, a decision. You declared in the last show that you had some firing that you needed to do uh, oh. if certain things didn't happen uh, in and the uh, Indianapolis Colts game. They were they were close, I believe. Wentz went was it twenty two attempts? That's right. Versus forty eight run. Yeah, and, and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, well, well, I, I'm not gonna. We can't just blame a Taylor. The Colts did run. For over 200 yards. That's not what you said, sir. You said if I Jonathan know, Taylor Jonathan, doesn't run you know for what? 200 yards, Frank you Reich should be fired. I'm I'm giving Frank Reich a pass for this one. Oh, I'm I'm not firing him. He going you know, back on Wentz your word. Only, I did, but they won 31 to nothing. <laughs> Wentz only Wentz only threw the ball 22 times. They were pretty low leverage throws, and Jonathan Taylor clearly was not in that game to get to the 200 because they went to a committee when that thing got out of reach, as they should have. He only went for 143, slacker. Only. Only went for 143. Um, 238 as a team. Yeah. I, I can accept that against this Texans team. I can accept that you shut them out, you hit the quarterback, and you ran for over 200 yards as a team. All right. Frank, Frank Wright gets a pass from me. Frank Wright can keep his job. And that and, and what they did defensively to the Texans, oh my God! Yeah, that was uh, eighty-four yards rushing, which is fine, but ninety-four passing. That's yeah. When you no, have that's less not than the balance that you're looking for. We talk about <laughs> offenses that are balanced. This isn't what we're talking about. Balance is fine, but when you can't get to triple digits in yards either way, that's yes. not good. That's not balance. I mean, it's balance, but it's not, balance. Not, not yeah, but yeah. It, Blow boy, yeah. So you know exactly what the Colts should have done, right? Exactly what they did in the first meeting. They beat them thirty-one to three. I I was yeah. So sixty-four to three for the season, or sixty-two to three. Sixty-two to three for the yeah. That's acceptable. That's what you should do. He can keep his job. He can keep his job. He can keep his job. I was being a little hyperbolic, and you know what? (laughs) They it actually came close to hitting both of my targets. It, It did. So Jay has has decreed it, and and it is so. Frank yes. Reich can can stay in play. I will say though, however, if Bill Belichick was coaching the the Colts. Uh. Carson Wentz would have thrown the ball three times, <laughs> and, and that Colts that Colts running attack would have probably run for four hundred yards. Probably. <laughs> Belichick with Jonathan Taylor. How awesome would that be? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he did that with Ramondre. Stevens? I don't even know who these guys are. They got fifth round uh, draft pick and uh, yeah. Just guys. Uh, yeah. so no, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor and guys was good enough. So that's right. Frank Reich, uh you live to you live to coach another day for me. Uh so uh which one was your lock? The uh oh the Rams over the Jags. I felt pretty uh, good about that one. <laughs> 
37 to 7. Uh, that that's about what, that's I've a bounce back. a bad back. season, but when my locks hit, they really hit. That was a lock and a half right there. That was a no doubter. 13 point favorites and they come through by 30. Yep. And my as my they, lock was as they should have. <laughs> that's what a lock is supposed to do, right? Uh, my lock not quite as dominant. It, it does come through though. Uh, so speaking of offenses that are not quite where they're supposed to be, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs, who yeah. come off a bye and don't exactly set the world on fire Sunday night against the Broncos. But you don't have to when you have a team come in in Denver who have a twenty-play service academy drive on the. Uh, was it the opening drive, I believe, and scored zero points. Yeah. 20-play drive and score nothing. That, that, now, there's your example of going forward and coming up with no points and really feeling stupid afterwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get, put something on the board. Something. some for that For all that effort, for all those plays, for keeping the ball that long, get something out of it instead of just – Oh, we, well, well, you get any point. Because take, I, take believe, I believe Denver outgained Kansas City. Uh, 154 to 89 rushing, Denver outgains the uh, the Chiefs. Um, and 257 to 187, or 184, rather, through the air. That's pretty much a wash, uh, sounds like. That's, a, that's about as close as it gets. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's Denver both ways uh, with the advantage. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they had they definitely outgained them. Yes, by, by a lot. 100, 100 yards, uh, more than a hundred, and Kansas City wins by thirteen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you what were, happens? You, you yeah you were I mean you were all on the Andy Reid coming off of a bye, and uh, as that's still not an they won and they're in first place, but again, how impressed are you with the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm not going to pretend that Andy Reid uh, led Kansas City to a great victory with his incredible bye week strategies. Okay. Not even going to try to pretend that. I'm very impressed by the Kansas City Chiefs because, once again, their defense is carrying them to victory. Their D has been awesome the last month or so, and I don't know exactly why, but they have a, a – you talk about trending up. Uh, the, the Chiefs' defense is absolutely trending up in every metric – you can imagine, and they're they're bringing their uh, averages down, yards per attempt, uh, rushing and passing. Uh, they were uh, giving up 9.3 yards per throw uh, a couple months ago, and they're down to 7.7. They they are doing some work defensively, and I don't know how long they can keep that up, but it's perfect that they're doing it right now because the offense is so off kilter under Pat Mahomes. Right. They need the D to, to step up the way they've been stepping up right now, and the D is stepping up. And I think everyone thinks the same thing, which is, boy, when the offense turns it on, if this D is still playing at a decent level, man, look out for the fucking Chiefs because that's it right there. If you get the D, just be decent, and you get Pat Mahomes and the offense turned back on, uh, who can who can beat the Chiefs at that point? The question, of course, is when are they going to get that offense turned back on? Nobody seems to know. Yeah, I mean, obviously they had the huge blow up a couple of weeks ago against uh, the Raiders. That's that, that was their best offensive output through this stretch. Um, I, I'm not going to give them. I'm going to not give them anything but an incomplete for the defensive performance against the Packers because that was that Jordan Love game, which was just atrocious. 
Um, but then they follow that up two weeks in a row playing two really good passing teams and the Raiders and the Cowboys and, and that, you know, and they, they held both of those teams, you know, I mean, they've, honestly, they've held their opponents under 20, under at 17 or under for this five, in this entire five game winning streak. So yes, the, the defense is definitely playing better. Uh, they beat up on three bad offensive teams and two really good offensive teams. And, and pretty equally across the board against them all. So, yes, their their defense is definitely, you know, like you talk about the trends. Um, this isn't one where you can look at just the rankings because the rankings aren't good. No. But they're <laughs> but, but improving. You, they're definitely improving. All their numbers are definitely improving. you, you got to look at everything uh, – uh, you know, look at the the yards per per play. Look at the yards per game. Look at all those averages, and and they're bringing all those down slowly but surely. So, yeah, uh, don't know how long they're going to keep that up, but good on them for right now. Uh, yeah, I, the AFC is so is so you know all these. It's not just the AFC, but everything is so weird right now. You know, you've got no clear cut. You know, dominant team. I mean, you've got the Patriots right now are the number one seed. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I I agree that they're not that the Patriots are not dominant, but who the fuck would want to play them? I don't want to play the Nobody. Patriots right now. Nobody wants to play them because right now they're going to be playing in their building if they keep this up. Yeah, just like the just like the Tommy days, right? <laughs> it's oh, cold. Are we, are, the we're not. Gonna, bad please, and, please tell me we're not going to get Belichick Brady in the Super Bowl, please, please. Uh, I think I think I might have to go to Fiji. For a month, <laughs> we can't rule it out. That's all I can say. We we can't rule Fiji it out for a month. Yet. Probably doesn't sound so bad either. But I want to go to Fiji for a month. Can I come with you? Uh, yeah. Fa- yep. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're family vacation. Family vacations. <laughs> I'm pulling the kids out of school. We're just yeah. abandoning the country, and because I want to be the <laughs> farthest place. With I don't want there to be a TV. Or cell phone. I want. I don't even want to know what's going on because it's going to be nothing but Tommy and. Be- oh my God, no! This cannot happen. You know who would be even sicker of that uh, uh, than we would be is them two. <laughs> Brady and Belgium would be so sick of talking about each other by the time that game came around. Two weeks of them being asked about each other. Good Lord. Yeah, oh man, uh, someone's going to get them in for a joint interview too. You know what? They're pretty media savvy. Those two, they'll they'll do that maybe five or ten years after they're retired. They'll do it like it's oh, like ESPN sure. special. Uh, yeah. It'll be uh, on the same yeah. level as as the LeBron uh, decision like show, the thirty the, uh, or the thirty for thirty. You know, they'll do it right. thirty for thirty on or something. All oh, the decision. <laughs> Can you believe oh. all the media hype this is missing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stu. Booyah! Oh, uh, so a couple more notes from week 13. Uh, one win I got over you was the Seahawks uh, rise, doing their own Undertaker and Rising from the Dead. And I think yeah. that one was uh, yeah, more about... Yeah, kind of. <laughs> right. Wasn't exactly, uh, you know, didn't didn't give you a whole lot of confidence and faith in the Seahawks, but I think yeah, that was more about... it wasn't convincing. No, but that, that, was, that was just... Turning it over, all over a lot. Jimmy G again showing he's not to be trusted. That's what that was. Yes, and the Seahawks pay the ultimate price. They lose Jamal Adams. Oh man, that's just like they're they're barely holding it together defensively, and now they're they're 
all around all world guy, their blitzer, their uh, yeah. coverage, doing everything. And now he's lost for the, for the rest of the year. So yeah, definitely a huge price to pay for, for winning that one. Yeah. So Seattle, um, we'll see you at the draft. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, so beer man, uh, one that we both lost, uh, your, your boy, uh, Tyler Heineken, uh, uh Vegas that, that Washington team, man, they, they are like the herpes, man. They just won't go away. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so he gives Vegas the lead and then throws a potential INT uh, that would have lost the game that got dropped. Yeah. So, of course, Washington takes advantage and gets the game-winning field goal and, and takes down the, the Raiders. That was one that was just completely straddling the fence on that pick. And uh, I guess I'll go with, with Vegas. They seem to be uh, pretty hot. At, but Washington is hot as well. And Washington finds a way to, to get the win. Zay Jones had a big drop for the for the Raiders that could have won the game. Yeah, that was that could have gone. Guess what? That one could have gone. It could have gone way. either way. Yeah, no. Yeah, Washington. <laughs> uh, they lose Chase Young, but the, the as a defense is playing okay. But, but man, they're just so mediocre. <laughs> yes, they are. They're that perfectly mediocre now. It's about six the of that way. Best description I can give you of Washington football team football. And the Raiders, they 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 went to six and six with the win, and the Raiders went to six and six with the loss. They're they're both very mediocre. Yes, um, I still think they should have changed their name to Washington Team Football, so they could have just put WTF on their helmets. I like that better than Washington Football Team. I, I yeah. like that a lot better. Um, and Chicago is not mediocre; they're just bad. <sighs> That's um, QB one sabotaging that one for me. He yeah. just loves turning the ball over in his own half of the field. Oh my God, Andy Dalton! <laughs> and Red the game that the, the Bears were putting up points, that the, they hung around. Yeah, Kyler Murray and and New Hopkins came back. I guess they're I, both healthy too. I, I guess they're okay. And uh, they were fine in the rain. And yeah, like you said, Chicago was trying to, to hang in there, but of course, yeah. after a while, you, you trust Andy Dalton too much, and he's going to hurt you as well. So no no, yeah. no surprise there, as far as I'm concerned felt like every time the Bears started making a move in that game, they would just go right back and just give up the booty. Yep. And that's the Bears. And that's the Bears? My fucking ass. So I get a couple more on you. I just keep peeling off a couple wins. (sighs) You're you're doing well. You do second straight nine-win week in a row. Uh, But I put up 11, my second straight 11-win week. And – Puts me at uh, at one ten and eighty three on the season, which is uh, considering how low I came came back down. I came all the way back to five hundred. Now I bounced back up to the five seventy. Uh, puts you at ninety five and ninety eight at four ninety two percentage for the year. Now, now keep uh, in mind, four ninety two is normally respectable. Sure, and and the way this season has gone, I've got I've got time to make it down to four ninety two with you again. Oh, you I'm, sure do. I, I got plenty of time to go back down on the roller coaster. It's been up and down the, all season. So yeah. just four, four. just getting that game on Thursday night felt good. Just just getting something. Yeah, but you know what? I, I took something out of you a little bit just because you you had to sweat that. You shouldn't have For had no to reason. even sweat it. <laughs> For nothing. Crazy, crazy ass game. All right, we will get started with, oh, boy, we got five more weeks left. Yeah, like, like I said, a lot of time for me to, to come back down to you. 
Uh, week 14 coming up. We still have buys, believe it or not. We've got uh, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Eagles are off. Uh, and we will pick the rest of the slate for week 14. Do I tell you where you can listen to our show? You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and look through our archives, or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Who would want to use this show for any copyright infringement anyway? 13 games left to pick for week 14. A lot of division matchups this week. A lot of rematches of division games from earlier in the year. And like we were kind of uh, touching on a little bit, that weird NFC East schedule that a couple of teams have uh, nothing but division games left the rest of the season, which is very hard to believe uh, with five weeks left to go. But that's how it is for the, uh, the Eagles and I believe Washington as well. Uh, so we will get to the rest of these picks and get you ready for week 14 tomorrow. And we will start with not a division game, but Saints-Jets, because we oh. pick them all. <laughs> I, that, that sounds like that hurts you to, to hear that. It, we're oh. getting, getting a bad one out of the way early. Uh, yeah. Jason Tebow and Alvin Kamara both look like they're going to be uh, up and ready for this game. Tebow had a finger thing. Uh, I call him Tebow, Taysom Hill. Had a finger issue, but he's still going to play. Uh, Kamaro finally coming back from his knee troubles. Jets have running back issues. Tevin Coleman is out. He's concussed, joining Michael Carter on the sideline. Uh, they've got wide receiver issues because Elijah Moore had been looking really good lately. He's out with a quad injury. Corey Davis is out with uh, core surgery. They're both on IR. Uh, not that the Jets had a lot of weapons anyway, but those guys are all down. That does not bode well for them. Uh, New Orleans five and seven, Jets three and nine. New Orleans is five and a half point faves on the road at the Jets. Yeah, and getting getting some semblance of a running game back. If they get Kamara back and he can go, 
that's going to, I think, make the world. This is very similar to the Dalvin Cook issue going into the Pittsburgh game. You can get your top guy back. I'm not so much – this is not a pro Taysom Tebow pick, but getting getting Kamara back in the running game and in the passing game, I think he's going to give the Jets fits. I mean, this is the DFL defense in all of football. They're bad. I mean, the Eagles uh, were all over them. I mean, Zach Wilson had a, had a, had a nice game, um, but I, I still don't think he's he's going to be good for much against the Saints defense. Saints defense might be trending down. Uh, they're not where they were early. Their rush defense has sagged some, but the Jets don't run the football. So uh, overall, probably a good matchup for the Saints to kind of stop the bleeding and get right here, and, and, and the Jets are pretty bad. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give the points. I don't like this. I can see this one going either way. Um, <laughs> the Saints um, without a ton of confidence because they they clearly are on the decline, but I, I think they're still the more talented team, and I think that'll be enough. Yeah, I didn't want to pick take some people, uh, but I don't want to pick Zach Wilson either. Ugh, just yeah, yeah I'm, I'm... he could have five picks tomorrow for we don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, everything's sort of trending down for the Saints, and the defense for the Jets is trending way down. It was bad, and it's getting worse. Uh, so, yeah, kind of pick your poison on this one. Uh, but I, I don't know if I can see it going either way. I, I think the Saints should handle the Jets pretty easily. I think the Saints are definitely a better team, and I think the, the running uh, exploitation is definitely going to be an issue. When you talk about – the Saints run D and the Jets run D, those are two completely different animals. Um, and even if it wasn't Kamara, whoever was running for the Saints would uh, have a field day running on the Jets. The Jets are not going to do anything running against uh, the Saints. They're they're emerging running backs. So that should be a, a ground and pound game and, and take the under in that one. Uh, but we're definitely going to both give the points and take Sean Payton and the Saints. All right, Baltimore and Cleveland, one of those divisional matchups. Uh, this is a weird one from a couple of weeks ago where the Browns uh, found a way to lose a game that they intercepted Lamar Jackson four times uh, on Sunday night. Uh, 16-10 to victory for the Ravens in Week 12. Uh, Cleveland was held to 40 rushing yards in that game as well. So that sort of shows uh, how, how can you beat a team when you uh, give up when you take the ball away from them four times, it's easy. If you stop their run attack and you know their quarterback is being held together with bubble gum, that's uh, basically how you can beat the, uh, the the Cleveland Browns. So the big question, obviously, is will Baker Mayfield uh, look any better and be any healthier coming off a bye? Uh, the Ravens are 8-4. and four, Cleveland is 6-6. Six and six. This is their sort of death knell, their last stand, if they're going to have any kind of uh, playoff contention. Uh, Ravens uh, and Lamar, this is how bad he's been, play- been playing. They are the underdogs. They are plus two and a half at the Browns. I don't trust Cleveland. It's hard to. I mean, Baker Mayfield, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't be playing through this injury at all. Um, so going out there every week is probably a negative. Yes, he got the bye. He can heal up a little bit. But I don't think that uh, Baltimore is going to have a whole lot of respect for the Cleveland passing game. You know that Wink Martindale is going to be dialing up all kinds of exotic stuff, trying to get after Baker, trying to rattle him, trying to make them one-dimensional. I mean, I would be daring Baker Bayfield to beat me if I was the Baltimore Ravens. And as much as we call this offense off 
or broken, uh, it's still the number five offense in all of football. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be off and it could be broken. That's still better than 27 other teams. Uh, and, and, you know, going up against a half of a Baker Mayfield, that, that's good enough for me. I'll take the Ravens. Uh, like I said, that's the the question. Is it still half of a Baker Mayfield, or is he uh, doing going to be doing a, a little better or a lot better with that? They thought he was done for the season. So, yeah. I mean, okay. Show there, me. There's no, there you go. That, just like the Bills, got to show you. Yeah. Uh, no, there, there's no telling what uh, what you're going to get uh, from, from Baker tomorrow. So it's a big question mark there. Um, tight end shortages for the uh, Browns. David Njoku's got the goop. He's out. Harrison Bryan has an ankle injury. He's out. Uh, but, of course, for the Ravens, the biggest uh, injury was Marlon Humphrey and that torn peck. Uh, that's their top two cornerbacks now for the Ravens on injured reserve. Him and Marcus Peters are, are dead for the year. You talk about a, a big deal. Uh, that defense, that passing defense, which is just atrocious, was already uh, coming into this game 31st in the league in, in pass D. And now with their top two cornerbacks out, that's that's just a really big deal. And combining that with Lamar not being himself and being all for broken, whatever that is, uh, Cleveland blitz percentage is only 21.9%. That's like tied for 23rd in the league this year. They have to keep going after Lamar uh, as they did in that game a couple of weeks ago. That's clearly not something they – are comfortable doing necessarily or want to do, but it was obviously effective forcing him into four interceptions. Um, not all his fault, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you do get the turnovers. Uh, you do force him to, to make decisions and rattle his cage. Um, and until he turns into old Lamar and make you pay with his legs, which is what he used to be able to do, but right now can't seem to do that. Um, I think the Browns got to keep doing that. I think they had the right formula and the right strategy to, to knock them off. They just couldn't do it uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I, somehow I think they're, they're not quite that stupid to go away from that. I think they're going to do the same thing tomorrow. And I think they're, I'm not saying he's going to have four interceptions again, uh, but I think they're going to have similar results and sort of hemming in and, and uh, holding down that Ravens offense, which seems to be a, a, a little broken right now, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'm actually going to take the Browns in this one. I, I don't usually like to trust the Brown fever. I'm with you. I can't trust them most of the time, but I'm going to trust them this time to, <coughs> excuse me, to choke me up here. <coughs> Come off the bye. Give me a second here. I hope we're not losing them. What happens when you do a show that's commercial free? So look at the, the sacrifices for our listeners and their enjoyment. I haven't heard any, haven't heard any bodies hitting the floor. I don't have to call nine one one. Well, the uh, sacrifice that I make, sometimes my voice just goes out like that. I don't know why that happens. Doesn't seem to happen to you. So this is something I, I have I, to deal I with. Have a lot of, I keep water with me. And I got something right here. I just didn't know I was going to need it uh, necessarily. But, uh, maybe it's because yeah. I talk all day for a living. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's what happens when I take the the brown fever. I get all choked up about it. Um, moving on yeah, to another. You know, 
they clearly need it more. I mean, the Browns are going to be the more desperate team. This is almost must-win territory for them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's another division matchup and another uh, must-win situation. If the uh, Washington Potato Skins are going to keep that momentum um, and do something with it and make a, a very late run at a, at a playoff spot or maybe even a division title, here's their first matchup with the Cowboys. Let's see if they're going to be able to pull that off. They are in Washington. Uh, Dallas, of course, 8-4, Washington 6-6. Six and six. So if uh, the potato skins are going to do anything, they're going to have to start right here. But the interesting part to this uh, injury-wise is Tony Pollard has clearly been the better running back for the Cowboys uh, the last several weeks over Ezekiel Elliott. But Pollard in his last game uh, tore his planner fascia. He's barely going to try to play through it. But, yeah, that doesn't sound very comfortable, does it? Um, but he's going to play through. But I don't know how effective he's going to be with a torn plantar fascia. So they might have a couple of beat-up running backs back there uh, behind Dak Prescott. Um, Randy Gregory, the defensive end, is activated for this game. So the Cowboys get some defensive uh, reinforcement. Uh, Washington lost their tight end, Logan Thomas. He got his knee popped by uh, Yannick Ngakwe, and his season's over. Uh, so Dallas, uh, like I said, eight and four. They are favorites uh, minus four and a half at the six and six uh, potato skins. I, I have to respect what Washington has done because they, they've hung around in a lot of games. They've they've been in games they probably didn't deserve to be. They, they've won some surprising games, but they're still they, they're just the definition of mediocre. Um, you know, and you have Dallas. You know. Uh, I believe uh, oh, here we got uh, Dallas has been kind of you know rolling. Uh, they've had the extra time off. I believe uh, was that the uh, Thanksgiving was the last was that the last game we saw them? No, they they beat the Saints on that Thursday night. So they've mm-hmm. again <laughs> have another extended rest here after coming off of beating a uh, pretty bad uh, Saints team. And they get to go on the road, and, and they're playing Washington. Doesn't look like weather is going to really be a factor in this game. I, 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 I'm really torn. I can see this one go on either way. Again, um, I, I don't know how much not having the running game so much against Washington is going to make a huge difference because that's Washington's strength. That's playing. You run the ball, you're running into that the teeth of that defense. They're not very good on the back end. They're pretty bad. Now, I know Dallas isn't very good either, so I could see this going into shootout territory. And that's what scares me, that this somehow sneaks under the number and we end up with a three-point Dallas win. But I actually, I feel like Dallas wins this game probably by a touchdown. I think it's high scoring. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this was 37-30. to 30. Uh, this, this one feels like there could be some fireworks. There could be a lot of uh, offense back and forth in this game because this is two defenses that's they're not that great, um, especially Washington against the pass. And Dallas is at least back at strength with passing the football, which is where they seem to really, you know, they jump up when they've got their bodies. And when they didn't have, uh, you know, when they didn't have Cooper and they didn't have uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb, it, was like, it, it wasn't quite working for them. They're not so, they're not so, you know, down in that area as they were. So I'm going to take Washington here. Uh, to lose by about a touchdown. So I'll take the Cowboys to cover. Uh, yeah, I agree that the Cowboys should be 
uh, full systems go throwing the ball now that uh, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are uh, back and, and healed up from their injuries. Uh, Cooper had the, the COVID. Um, so, I, yeah, I definitely think the uh, Cowboys are going to be the team uh, that throws the ball much better. But I'm, I'm scared off by the running situation that I don't know if I trust either one of the Cowboys running backs uh, because Elliott doesn't seem to have any explosiveness. And Pollard, again, tore his plantar fascia last time he played uh, on that Thursday night game. Uh, so I think Washington is actually going to have the better uh, running attack. I think um, Antonio Gibson is going to have something for the Cowboys. And uh, that's probably how the Washington football team is going to rely on, on moving the football is on the ground more so than through the air. But even through the air, uh, your guy, Beer Man, uh, he's, he's had about a half season or so or more to get a little better uh, as he goes along and, you know, color me crazy, but I think he's gotten a little bit better as the season's gone along, just incrementally game by game. Um, and now these last five games, which are all division games, look out Cowboys, look out all these opponents. You, you might have a situation where you got a, a feistier uh, Washington potato skin football team and opponent than you might've thought you had. And, Mike McCarthy, your boy, your favorite oh. coach, uh, he's he's running a little scared because I'm sure you've heard this or read this somewhere, but he guaranteed the victory. He did the guarantee thing uh, that the Cowboys are definitely going to beat Washington this week. You don't say Why? that unless you're Why? afraid of your opponents. <laughs> Why? Why would he you do that? Because he knows. He's, he's scared. You, 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 have, you one – you don't light the fire under your team. You light the fire under the other team. Mm-hmm. Yep. One guarantee in all of sports history, in which the guy was really cool about it and was a big underdog and said, I'm just going to go out there and guarantee we're going to win because that's how cool I am and that's how I feel about it. And that's Broadway Joe. That's right. it. All the other guarantees and, and, after that. And that guarantee stemmed from the fact that he was just dead tired of hearing about how bad they were going to lose. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, um, So that's that's the only cool guarantee. All these other guarantees are basically, as far as I'm concerned, just guys who uh, are afraid yes. of their opponent. Well, first of all, I believe the Jets were massive underdogs in that Super Bowl. I think 16 and a half point underdogs yes. or something like Massive that. Massive underdogs. The Cowboys are a four point, four and a half point favorite. So uh, if so you win you, the game, you what do you guarantee? Win the game. What, what did you just guarantee? That you're going to beat a team that you're supposed to be much better than? That's why when we inducted the guarantee into the Hall of Infamy, we talked about how lame uh, the mm-hmm. guarantee has sort of be like, get, it's it's done. Stop guaranteeing these. It, it's lame. It's only one legit one. So it's already been done. Right. That's um, somebody else's move. <laughs> not yours. Not yours. I'm taking the potato skins. Go, 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 Washington. Go, Beer Man. Um, I'm going to go with, with Washington. Not necessarily because of the guarantee, but because I think the Cowboys know there's something brewing over there. And they got their hands full here. I, and I'm sure yeah. they, they might. They might have their hands full. This might be a bad matchup for them. All right, here's another big divisional matchup. Got a lot of time to break this one down. Jacksonville, Tennessee. Oh, boy. Jags are 2-10. Titans are 8-4. and four. 
there's a lot of drama and stuff you want to read about uh, about Urban Meyer and his uh, control or lack thereof of his organization and his team and his coaches and talking down to his coaches. So it's all out there. You can read it. It's actually on the NFL.com website right now, if you can believe that. This is yeah. like – Yeah, it's, it, this, it, this has been creeping up all over the news. It's on Yahoo. It's on NFL. It's on Twitter. Yeah. It was Everywhere. trending on Twitter today. Trending. <laughs> This is like the the Gruden hit job. Like somebody's out to get Urban Meyer, it would appear. Well, you know, he's not really doing much for himself either. No, uh, his his own coaches apparently are the ones that are out to get him. And if you read the story, you can see why they're out to get him because it's yeah. not going well there. Uh, let's try Julio Jones one more time. The Titans are finally activating Julio in that bad hammy. We'll see if he can. Uh, contribute to the Titans. They still do not have A.J. Brown, so they're going to need him uh, in the uh, receiving core. Jags are eight-and-a-half-point dogs down in Nashville at the Titans. It just seems like a lot of points, doesn't it? I mean, against Tennessee, who just hasn't proven a whole heck of a lot, but that just goes to show you what a dumpster fire Jacksonville is. I mean, they've, they're getting their doors blown off. They got destroyed by the Rams last week. I think they've quit. I, I honestly think we might have our, our FedEx mail-it-in team because they're mailing it in on Urban Meyer. I, I think they want him gone. I, I, I don't think that they're the, – the message is clearly not resonating. I don't think the whole uh, grinding scandal get, put him in a favorable light. Uh, when the owner is basically calling out the coach's behavior, saying he's got to you know, basically be, like, be a better citizen, um, nobody wants this guy around, and it's showing in the performance on the field. Like, you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't getting any better, you know. No, he's getting it's worse. Just, it's just not there. So, yeah, eight and a half, you know, while it looks like a lot for a Titans team that's lost Derrick Henry and, you know, has been just beat up at the receiver position and you'd think they'd be right for the plucking here. No, I think this is a get right game for Tennessee because I think Tennessee is still a good enough team talent-wise and coaching-wise that the thing is still bum slay. I'm locking them up. Give me the Titans. Oh. Yeah, the uh, the great Urban Meyer, the wonderful coach, uh, has got this rookie number one quarterback, and his numbers are all trending down. All these rookie quarterbacks that are getting, uh, some of them are getting a little better, and Mac yeah. Jones is getting a lot better as the season goes on, and Trevor Lawrence is going the other way. He's getting worse. His, all his numbers are going uh, backwards. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, yeah, the Tennessee, uh, I've talked about their fall from grace after uh, Derrick Henry got hurt, now A.J. Brown down. Um, it it's, would be accelerated if they tripped up against uh, the Urban Grinders here. It would definitely speed things up as far as their falling. I, I don't I, I don't think they're going to fall down against the Jaguars. They're just – Jaguars are so terrible. I actually thought the line was uh, smaller than, than it should have been. As, you know, eight and a half is a lot, but <laughs> – God, the Jags are terrible. Yeah, um, I, I'm not locking it up with you. I, I don't have the nuts to do that, but I will concur and take the Titans and give the eight and a half. I, I locked up. This is two weeks in a row. I'm locking up against the Jaguars. Hey, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Uh, Atlanta and Carolina, another scintillating divisional matchup. Uh, both teams five and seven. The mediocre bowl here uh, once again. Yeah, um, Falcons are. Still five and two on the road if you count that the that London game. They still haven't won at their at their home stadium. That's still, just absolutely December. crazy. 
and Cam Newton and the Panthers two and four at home. Atlanta is still an underdog plus two and a half at the Panthers. Uh, I'm taking Atlanta here. Uh, they're the road warriors. Uh, they, they, they seem to be a different team. Who knew team MVP Cordero Patterson, the Swiss <laughs> army knife of that offense, about the only player they can actually get going in any phase of the game. But he, he's there. He, he's running. He's, he's catching. He's just not throwing. That's the only thing we got to get Cordero Patterson to do is, uh, <laughs> You know, put him back there in some wildcat, let him throw a couple of touchdowns and, and, and let him go. But, yeah, he's been their offensive MVP. Uh, I believe it's Cam Newton up again. Uh, yep. it's, it's, it's just not going well. Christian McCaffrey back down again. Uh, they clearly need him. Uh, it, it, Cam Newton and guys, it, it's not what it used to be. It, it's over. Um, we're watching it end. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, but, yeah, give me the Falcons here. I was tempted to lock this one up. <laughs> uh, Panthers D might be fraudulent, as I called them once, but the Falcons D is invisible, and that's uh, uh, something to consider. I, I, I was really torn, though, back and forth, back and forth trying to look at this one. Um, Panthers actually went to Atlanta and won in week 8, 19 to 13. That was a big rushing effort for Carolina uh, before Cam Newton came back on, 203 yards on the ground uh, for the Panthers, and that was without McCaffrey as well. That was your your bot, your, your guy, Hubba Bubba, uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, had 82 yards in the touchdowns. He'll be back out there for Carolina again. Yeah, I'm actually going to go uh, on that same theory and say that Carolina will uh, – now they got Cam at, at quarterback, so even more – uh, running potential. Uh, I don't know if they're going to run for 200 again, but I think they'll greatly outrun the uh, Atlanta uh, and, and Cordero. And uh, I'm going to take the Panthers. And, and don't feel great about it. This one could go either way. Uh, Seattle and Houston. Yeah. Uh, not a not a divisional matchup and not a good game at all. Seattle four and eight. Houston two and ten. Uh, you already talked about Jamal Adams is down uh, with a shoulder injury done for the year. Adrian Peterson's big comeback is on hold because of his back. Uh, he's not going to play for the Seahawks. As far as the Texans go, Tyrod Taylor has a bad wrist, and that's enough for David Culley to decide. we got to go full Mills. Your boy uh, General Mills is the uh, quarterback for the Texans again, and he's going to be the quarterback for the year. they they got to see what they got in General Mills. Okay. Uh, Seahawks are big eight and a half point road favorites at the Texans. This, I'm looking at this one. So you, let's look at these offensive and defensive rankings for a moment here. Must we? The highest, the highest ranked unit on the field in this game is going to be Houston's defense at 28th. <laughs> That's the highest ranked side of the football in this entire game is Houston's 28th. 28th ranked defense because uh, Seattle's actually 31 offense and defense and Houston's DFL offensively. <laughs> this is Ooh. man, we pick them we all. Pick them all because this is about as bad as it gets football wise. Um, you know, General Mills he had that respectable game. I believe was that against the Patriots where he played that game where he played him pretty tough and he's shown that he can have a drive here or there. I'll take him to stay under nine. Why not? Go ahead. What the Own hell? Your bad self. Oh uh, yeah, you 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 go ahead with General Mills. I can't I can't do it. I'm gonna 
and no Jamal Take Adams. The, uh, so who's going to actually tackle the Texans? Because he's the only guy. I think Jamal Jamal uh, Adams had 340 tackles, and nobody else on this Seahawks <laughs> had one. He's there on every play. You don't need to tackle anyone on the Texans because they're averaging 3.3 yards per carry. They're going to tackle themselves. Uh, yeah. Rexburg Reg- is going to trip on himself and tackle himself. I'm every looking time for some General Mills garbage time. <laughs> uh, you know what? You might get it. This spread, it could go either way. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to take uh, Russ Wilson and, and the Seahawks. All right. Vegas and KC in a big divisional matchup there. Uh, Casey uh, in week 10, of course, went down to Vegas and beat the brakes off from 41 to 14 on yeah. Sunday night. That was yeah, one they, of those. They, uh, they sunned them. Yeah. Everyone was wondering about what's wrong with Pat Mahomes. What's wrong with the Chiefs offense? And Pat said, okay, 406 and five touchdowns. That's what's wrong with me. How that taste. What's up now? Uh, so that was one of those where, you know, obviously the Chiefs have, uh, a lot of potential and fans of them like me, I look at games like that and go, and I go, I'm, I'm still looking at the chiefs in January because they can do that. They can turn it on and do something like that. And like I said, now their defense is, is coming along for the ride as well. Uh, for Vegas, no Darren Waller. Again, the tight end has a bad knee. Uh, their backup running back Kenyon Drake has done the, he had his ankle stepped on and snapped, unfortunately for him. Uh, Chiefs at eight and four, Vegas at six and six. Uh, Vegas is a big ten and a half point dog at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders feel like that team to me that's just they're just running out of gas. I mean, they have run on, on so much emotion with the Gruden firing and the Henry Ruggs thing, and, and they have just been this emotional roller coaster all season long. But you can kind of just feel that it's just it, it's starting to it's starting to come apart for the Raiders. I, I give them, I give them an A for effort. Uh, Derek Carr putting it up, you know, you know, everything that they've put up with this year and, and he's still, he's putting up some numbers, but they lose at home to Washington. They get embarrassed on Thanksgiving. Um, or actually they won on Thanksgiving, but yeah, still 36 to 33 is not exactly, <laughs> that's probably the last good effort they had. And then they turn, well, how do they follow that up? They lose at home to Washington. Go figure. Um, yeah, and the last time these two teams played, Kansas City just absolutely just housed them. Um, I don't expect it to go much different again this time. So I, I see that the, the Raiders are a very popular consensus pick this week. I think everybody, you know, people are, that's more of an anti-Chiefs pick would be my guess. But I, I think that the wheels are coming off. I, I think that LA's, you know, nice store, nice story. I don't think they're playoff bound. Uh, we're going to have to start to separate the men from the boys here at this time of the year. We get, we're in, De- in December now, and uh, I, I think the Chiefs are ready to to take over and, and run away with the division here over the last few weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the points. I, I don't feel great. I can see it going either way. <laughs> and that anti-Chiefs sentiment the last time they played the Raiders, uh, how'd that yeah, work? Yeah, that really out? worked. Yeah, that worked. I mean, we know Vegas isn't scared of going into Arrowhead and uh, knocking off the Chiefs because they did it last year. But yeah. this, this again, this Kansas City defense—it's a different animal. They are playing at the top of their level, and like I said, lit up Vegas in that first meeting. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if it's going to go too much different. I think the Chiefs are going to house the Raiders again, and uh, and it might not be 
Pat going for four something and five touchdowns. It might be Pat going for two something, but the defense uh, making it happen and, and getting a bunch of turnovers on, on Derek Carr because that's just how things are going for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. But uh, either way, it's a cover. If they beat them by three touchdowns, whether it's defensive or offensive, either way, it's a cover. So I, I'm with you on that one. Late afternoon action, we'll go with our kneecap biters, the Lions. We got that first first W. Now they got to go out to the Denver Broncos. Detroit at one ten and one. Denver at six and six. Uh, Denver has some running back issues. The uh, DeAndre Swift will not play. He's got a shoulder injury. The backup, the former Packer Jamal Williams, he won't play. He's got the goop. Uh, their tight end T.J. Hawkinson, he won't play. He's got a bad hand. Uh, for Denver, Melvin Gordon might return uh, from injury, but I don't know if they need him. That that kid Javante Williams, the the rookie running back, looks pretty good. Uh, Lions are, of course, underdogs, plus 10.5 at the Broncos. I mean, great for the Lions. They get the first win. They they acted like they won the Super Bowl. And how many times do you see the team that leaves it all out there and gets that huge win, and they're thinking about golf now? They're done. <laughs> uh, I tell you to take the under on this game. Because I've got my final score prediction, which I don't give very often. I mean, here's a final score prediction for you for this game: twenty-three to nothing. I like Ooh. Denver. I think the Lions—they got their win, they won their Super Bowl, and that's it. They're going to go out and they're going to play one of the worst games of football we've probably seen all season. <laughs> I want to take Detroit to build on their first win and go the other <laughs> you way. Want to, I, I do. They're so bad. The Lions are so bad. I mean, and all nice, the running right? backs. We got them. They won. They, they won. got, they got their covers wins. along. They got some covers. They, they, they have, they're not owing, you know, whatever against the spread. Uh, That's true. Believe it they or not, the Lions are 8-4 and four against the spread this year. That's damn good. <laughs> <laughs> if you're betting the Lions, you're okay. You're making money. You're, you're profiting yeah. if you're betting Lions football against the spread. Go figure. Um, all their running backs being hurt doesn't make me feel much better, but they weren't relying that much on their running in it, it, as it was. So that means it's Jared Goff? Okay. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Jared Goff versus Teddy Bridgewater. That's you know kind of a wash as far as I'm concerned. So you know what? I'm taking the points. Ten and a half is a lot of points. I don't know if the Broncos deserve to be feared by anyone by ten and a half over anyone. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the point. Go Lions. Go kneecap back. Twenty-three to nothing. <laughs> Eight and four against the spread. You're making money with the Lions. Jared Goff so has Jared Goff will have two pick sixes in this game too. Oh, God. and three push field it. goals. That's how you get to twenty-three. Let's push it to nine to nothing. Nine and four. Nine nine wins against the spread. We're, we're going for some more money with the Lions. All right, Giants and Clippers, New York at 4-8 and eight and L.A. at 7-5. and five. There's a lot of issues in this game, too. So, it, Giants at quarterback, uh, it looked like... Mike they, Glennon. It, it was looking all week like they were going to have to go to Jake Fromm because we know Dan, Danny Dimes can't play. He's got a bad neck. Glennon had a, a concussion. He had dumplings all week, but he got cleared, so he's going to actually get the start there. Uh, Sterling Shepard looks like he's returning, uh, so he will get a little bit of a weapon back uh, as far as that goes. And then the Clippers had a fucking goop outbreak. Uh, it looked like Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen and the cornerback Chris Harris were all going to be affected by it, but 
uh, looks like Mike Williams and, and Harris were just close contests. They've been cleared already, so they're going to play. Keenan Allen will not play. He's actually got the goop. Uh, so that's how, how that shook down for that. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in such a uh, sort of nothing game. Like it's the Giants and Chargers. No one should really care. Uh, New York four and eight, LA seven and five. They're in SoFi. Giants are ten point dogs at the Chargers. Having a spread that large with the Chargers, when we we just told you about the Chargers, <laughs> you are always in the game against the Chargers, right? It doesn't matter how much they're up. Look at what you know. Look at what happened in that game against Cincinnati. But you know what? I'll tell you what. Mike Glennon is, you know, he's no Joe Burrow. <laughs> I know that. I'm going to go ahead. It is. It scares the hell out of me to give this many points with the Chargers, but the Giants going to the West Coast with, with, with that pop gun offense, which wasn't a very great, you know, wasn't a great offense to begin with. Now it's that offense with Mike Glennon. I'll, I'll take the Chargers. Uh, don't have to spend a lot of time on this one because you took all my points. It's got off on Mike Glennon. Uh, Justin Herbert went blow for blow with Joe Burrow. It won't be necessary here because that's not Joe Burrow. I completely oh, concur, okay. and I'm, I'm taking the Chargers and giving the 10 with you. All right. All I, right. Have I heard a lock out of you yet? Nope. Oh, okay. Here's a good one. Buffalo and Tampa Bay. The Bills at seven and five and Tampa at nine and three. I don't think we have uh, 40 mile an hour winds on the forecast down in Tampa, Florida. That would be a, a news item if there were. Uh, Bills are three and a half and a hook. There's a hook on it, so be careful yeah. there. But Buffalo is plus uh, three and a half at Tampa Bay. I'm gonna keep this short and short and sweet. I'm not taking the Bills until they show me they can play with a good team. In Tampa, a lot of flaws, not so good in the back end. You'd love to think that Josh Allen could take advantage of that that, that bad Tampa back end, but Buffalo can't beat good teams, and I'm not picking them until they prove otherwise. So I'm going to just keep fading the bills. <laughs> uh, they will not have their run stuffer, uh, Star Lotulele. He's got a bad toe uh, for Tampa. Richard Sherman is uh, fighting his way back if he's got anything left for them. Is that uh, a bad thing or a good thing? I, I still don't uh, know. Limited Sherman's so, status, I still don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. The Bucks are so short on bodies back there in their secondary, mm-hmm. I, I think they, they're just taking anything they can get at this point. Uh, TB12 will throw more than three times. I'm, I'm just yes. guessing. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there, I think. Four. Um, four. Just throw four times. They'll throw four times and they'll all be touched. And Leonard, and Leonard Fournette and, and Ronald Jones will go for four hundo. <laughs> Uh, this is definitely one of those games where the Bills will miss uh, Tredavious White. I talked about that, how I actually feel bad for the, the Bills building up uh, the number one defense through the first half of the year, and then right when they start playing real teams, they lose their, their top cover corner. Just uh, very bad luck on their part. Um, how is Buffalo uh, – how's their psyche uh, is what I'm wondering after that, that shortcoming in New England. That's another – situation where the Bills had a chance to step up. We asked them, show us, show us. They they didn't show us. Um, now they got to go from that to playing the GOAT. And, you know, like you said, there's not a perfect team, uh, but one thing you know about Tampa, they're going to compete. They're going to throw. It's the number one pass offense in football. Tom Brady refuses to age. Um, playing against a team that just lost their, their top cover corner. 
Um, the Buffalo D will not be number one after this one. Uh, that's absolutely guaranteed. And because Brady's going to throw for a lot more times than, than four in this one, um, I, I think it actually might get ugly. And three and a half is, is a pretty small number for what I think the, <laughs> the Buccaneers might do to the Bills. So I'm, I'm going to lock that one up. Uh, TB12 and, and the Buccaneers to, to fillet and route the Bills. Yeah, I'm, I'm right along with you. Until they show us, show us a reason to trust them against a decent team, how can you do it? How can you trust yeah. the Bills against anyone that's actually trying to play football? Because they had a whole half season of teams that weren't trying to play football. And now, again, they're apparently they're not quite in shape yet. They're working their way back up. They're starting to play good teams. Maybe they'll be stronger and better by the time the playoffs come around, but I'm not they trusting not them be right there. now. <laughs> well, the Bills might not be in the playoffs. They, they're only 7-5. and five. They're, uh, they're yeah. apparently not going to win the division because the Patriots apparently have a stranglehold on that again. Oh, yeah. They um, get another crack at them. But, yeah, Buffalo's got the work cut out for them. So, you know, I don't even need the Bills – to win, just show me something. Once again, Bills, show us, prove it. We're, we're, we're hating on the Bills. You want to prove us wrong and shut our mouths? Go right ahead. Go out and do it. All right, 49ers and Bengals is a very weird game. Just don't know what to make of either one of these teams. Debo, no, no Joe Samuel. Montana, Boomer Esiason, Robert Taylor, or nothing. Definitely showing our age, referencing all those guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're in your twenties listening to the show and you don't know what we're talking about, yeah. Google them. This is a two-time it's, Super Bowl matchup when yeah. we were kids. Indeed. Ken Anderson's uh, not walking through that door. But neither is Tim Crumry. He's not walking anywhere. Oh, oh. Sorry, just had to go there. Uh, Debo Samuel, his groin, I think is going to play. He's going to try to come back. I don't know how much uh, action they're going to give him. Uh, Eli Mitchell is concussed. He's back down. That poor kid can't stay on the field, unfortunately, for the Niners. For Cincinnati, Burrow is going to play with that gnarly uh, joint uh, pinky finger that got jacked up. Uh, so Joe Burrow will be playing. Joe Mixon, however, might not be playing. He's been sick all week. He has not practiced. That doesn't seem to bode well, but definitely uh, keep your eye and ear out for what's going on with Joe Mixon by the time the game starts tomorrow. I see he's listed uh, as probable right now. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, anyone that hasn't practiced all week, I always wonder, are they going to actually let them just run right. out there with zero practice time? That seems to be uh, not the not the ideal thing to do, but we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Niners at 6-6 six and six are a one-point fave at the seven and five Bengals. And, and an interesting line uh, to have that actually move what we would consider as four points uh, from the Bengals side. I understand that Bengals had that, that, that crazy game against uh, the chargers last week, but they, they showed heart, right? I mean, they got down huge and then they, they came back and then things went against them in the fourth quarter, but the Bengals are not bad. I mean, the Bengals play defense. Uh, this is, this is, a, not quite East Coast, but this is Jimmy G and that Niners team going East for sure uh, to face Burrow and, and the Bengals bouncing back off of a loss, which was a pretty tough loss against another really good young up-and-coming team. Uh, this feels like the kind of game where, where Jimmy G might get a little sloppy with the ball. Uh, he didn't have a great game against Seattle. Uh, he's real up and down um, and on the road here. At Cincinnati, who's a, you know they're a sneaky good team, and they're not 
I just don't understand the love moving to uh, the Niners side on this spread. Uh, this feels like cop outline territory to me where it should have just, you know, I would have not, I would have been okay with this being Bengals minus. We probably would have had a harder, harder time making the pick. Uh, I think the Bengals are just, all they got to do is win. And I think they're good enough to do it. So I'll take the Bengals to bounce back off last week's loss and, uh, and beat San Francisco. And the line, <clears throat> the line is definitely a little strange, but I can't really argue on either side because San Fran is so uh, up and down, uh, depending on Jimmy Garoppolo is such a coin toss. Cincinnati looked like they had everything figured out after beating the hell out of the Steelers and whoops, they did not have it all figured out. So yeah, you, you can see this one going either way. Uh, so I, I guess I understand that, that small spread. Um, yeah. The Niners looked like they were figuring everything out. And, and then uh, the Debo Samuel Injury happened, and they had to rely on Jimmy G last week, and you see how that worked out for them. So, therefore, I'm going with the extremely rare position player contingency. If Debo Samuel is down again, I am not trusting Jimmy G and the 49ers to knock off Cincinnati in Cincinnati. But if he's up, I don't know how much he's going to play, but he's such a difference maker. Clearly, Kyle Shanahan loves using him and putting him in different spots in, in the backfield and receiver. He he is a, a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, if Debo is playing, if he's active tomorrow, I have the 49ers. If he's not, I have the Bengals. Wow. All right. I mean, that's a groin. I mean, he could take two snaps. Yeah. It, it, but that's okay. That those two snaps might be worth 75 yards because that's how be. much of an animal he is. Sunday night football, uh, Bears, Packers. Praying to God this is the last time the Bears have to face Aaron Rodgers and the, the Green Bay Packers. Just pray. <laughs> Just keep I'm telling Please. you what, uh, it will be back. Oh. Hoping not. Hope, I, I still can't believe that, that marriage is staying. They're staying together for the kids because they do not like each other, Rodgers and the, and the Packers organization. Uh, Justin Fields is returning to quarterback for the Bears. Uh, QB1, Andy Dalton, is not going to play. Uh, Allen Robinson is returning as well at, at wide receiver. Uh, Randall Cobb is out for the Packers. He had core surgery. Uh, Bears at 4-8, and eight, Packers at 9-3, and three, coming off the bye. Aaron Rodgers, whatever his toe issue was, had a lot of time to get that figured out. Bears are the biggest dogs of the week. They're plus 11.5 at Green Bay. Uh, yeah, uh, Randall Cobb goes down, but the Packers get Devondre Campbell back, who's been there. Uh, he's just been a tackling machine for them. I believe he's their t- uh, leading tackler on the season. Uh, just what you need is uh, that, that defense getting bolstered. Uh, Jair Alexander, prob- I, I wouldn't play him, but I know he's been practicing. Uh, so I think that's I think that's a wise play if they don't play him in this game because I don't think they're really going to need him. Uh, one of these, one of the rarest situations that you ever get to see in in pro football when a team actually gets to play against its owner. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had I had thoughts of locking this one up because I, I don't I don't see the the Packers uh, I don't see the Packers uh, doing anything other than just putting one on the Bears here. I, I think the Bears are going to try. Uh, they're they're going to. They're going to do something. It's not going to look great because they have zero offensive creativity and the Packers are playing, you know, top-notch defense. Um, so I don't think it's going to look particularly good uh, for the Bears. Maybe, maybe they hang around for a, a little bit. Um, 
We talk about teams that you want to rely on against the spread. The Packers are 10 and two on the number this year. Wow. Hmm. Uh, it's good enough for me Packers and, uh, you know, good luck bears. That 10 and two is really good. That's only two, two against games. the spread. That's only two games better than the lions. So, you know, if they're hanging with the lions, that's really good. Um, we we had the same joke set up there. The Bears visiting their owners, so we we get the two. Oh, hey hey, <laughs> hey hey. We both get that one. Um, in week six, uh, then that game where Rogers declared that he was uh, the owner of the Bears. Uh, of course, as we recall, the Packers beat the Bears twenty four to fourteen and didn't look all that dominant doing it. But they've kind of done that all year. They haven't looked like world beaters all year, and they just keep winning and keep covering and keep uh, increasing their record. And uh, it's just they're what they do. Spreads. They're covering uh, spreads, mean, and, they're, and they're just they're just winning. They just they just win. Rodgers had a rushing TD and 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 the ownage uh, that he talked about uh, in that game. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Justin Fields coming back is uh, is great as a Bears fan, but in this spot, like having as bad as he looked when he first started, when he first when he had his first start against, of course, Miles Garrett and the and the Browns, and went on from there to subsequently uh, get his behind kicked and, and looked like he had no idea how fast the, the game was to have some time off now and make this the first game where he comes back is Sunday night at Lambeau field uh, against the Packers defense. That doesn't feel good. That that, that, that feels like a really bad evening uh, for Justin Fields and, and for the bears. Um, so again, please let this be the last bears versus Rogers meeting. I know it might be a long shot, but I'm hoping anyway, but yeah, I'm going to concur and, and give the, uh, the 11 and a half. I think that might get ugly. This one should not be ugly Monday night. For a second oh, a, street, this is a hell of a game. Second straight week where the Monday nighter feels like 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 almost a referendum game. Like this is going to tell us a lot, I think, uh, about these uh, about this NFC West race. If the Rams have any hope at all at, at catching the, uh, the the Cardinals, they're going to have to uh, get much better at football. They had their their great bounce back. Uh, week last week against the uh, Jaguars, and now let's see if they can keep that momentum going. Uh, the Rams are eight and four. The Cardinals are ten and two. Uh, Daryl Henderson got the goop. He's not going to be running for the Rams. Uh, that'll be Sony Michelle getting the start there. Um, Arizona might get Chase Edmonds back as their running back uh, with his ankle injury. But honestly, uh, Baby Terminator's uh, been playing pretty good football for them. So I don't know how much Edmonds would play if he does come back. Uh, Rams are two-and-a-half-point dogs at the Cardinals. Uh, Yeah, where's the pressure in this game? I think the pressure is on the Rams, right? This is the game. If you're Sean McVay, this is why you got rid of golf. This is why you went and you made the deal and you got Matthew Stafford. You're down two games in the division. You're on the road. It's Monday night football. You went and got Matthew Stafford for this. Is he going to crap the bed? Or is he going to rise up? The answer is in my pick. I think I'm taking the Rams. I, I think mm. the Rams, they, they've been up and down all season. I think Arizona's had a bit of a charmed season, uh, you know, and, and maybe, you know, they, they got fat against the Bears while the Rams got fat against Jacksonville. You didn't really see anything there. But I think the Rams are going to be the hungrier team coming into this spot. 
It's Arizona. It's Monday Night Football at home. A spot they're probably they're not really used to. This is a showcase game for them. Rams have played in a lot bigger spots. I'm going to take the Rams in the big spot to come up with the win. So week four was a pretty big spot for both teams. They're both three and zero. Rams are just coming off of beating Tommy and the and the Buccaneers, and everyone thought, oh, well, the Rams are here. They're they're ready to rock and roll and. Uh, they got killed at home by the Cards, 37 to 20, and that's I think where people started going, "Oh shit, what's up with this Cardinals unit? They yeah. look like they're world beaters." Uh, Kyler went for 268 and a couple touchdowns in that one. Um, will the Rams or Cards show their realness? I think uh, in this game because this is definitely bigger stakes than than that uh, first game. You know, after three games is still the beginning of the season. Uh, the Rams D. Uh, running the risk of being sort of paper champions. So, you know, no shame in Arizona playing you well, but they embarrassed LA in that first meeting. I'm going to concur with you and say they can get some pride about themselves and step back up and then even the series. I don't think they're going to get swept by the Cardinals. I got the Rams with you. More our after show. To our VIP after show program. I'm a little surprised you went with the Rams. I thought you were going to go with the cards in that one, definitely. I think the Rams. Well, that's Rams just part are... of the chess game, right? That's the. Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes when we're making those picks, you know, with one eye on what the other person's going to pick, we get surprised. <laughs> we I got surprised. We. Because uh, we both uh, saw the. Cardinals coming up on the Rams in that week four when we both had that sure and so I'm thinking the way you've talked about Stafford and is he maybe uh you know got too much lion in his blood and he can't get that Detroit out of him (laughs) oh yeah yeah. jinx the Rams like they made all these moves for guys that are all (laughs) like 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 you know like putting the hex on them you know like with like how good have they been since they got Von Miller and OBJ or no I I I still I mean I, I love what the Cardinals are doing it just feels like it's too soon. Like, 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 you know, the clock's going to strike midnight and you're still waiting for them to turn back into the pumpkin. Right. Yeah. And we talk about the Rams maybe being a little bit of paper champions on defense. I'm not so sure the Cardinals aren't a little bit of paper champions on defense either. How much are the Cardinals just getting fat against some bad teams too? Certainly. So yeah, yeah, I'm going with the, I'm going with McVay. I I know I'm going to come up with something here. You know, you got to show he's the genius, right? You got to show the geniusness. You've been to a Super Bowl, you know. You, you got Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. You're clearly a genius. And we're again back to this division where you got these three coaches and three systems that are clearly making big plays happen. Rams right. at eight point one yards for throw, <laughs> and then it's into the Seahawks. Rams at eight point one <laughs> yards for throw on the season. Cards yeah. at eight point five yards for throw. Um, right. Then you look at the Niners, 8.4 yards for throw on the season. Seattle, hang on, 7.8. That's not bad. But That's actually not bad. No. That was but, Geno Smith for three weeks. Right. Um, and that's also with that system that we know that we've seen it for so many years. We know why it's up that high because it's first down run, bomb. second down run, third down rust bomb. So that the, the predictability of it all is, is why the Seahawks are not on that same level. But yet, right. a, a division with three teams going over eight yards per throw 
Like that's bombs away, man. That is some some offensive innovation, and uh, it makes me think about San Fran with, with when they decided to use Debo Samuel as a running back and turn him into a, an all-purpose weapon. That was like a whole nother uh, dimension, and that's why I had to make that contingency. Most of our contingencies, I think, are based on the quarterback. Like if this quarterback goes okay, but if this one, the backup, oh, he's terrible. Um, this is a, a rare position player contingency I had to make for San Francisco because I think that's how big Debo Samuel has been for the 49ers. He's sort of turned their season around to, to me. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's, that's, you know, I could see that. I, I don't know how many of those we've had in the past. I mean, probably a couple running back ones. Um, probably. You know, but I can't think of too many, so I don't know. I don't know if you're breaking ground here, um, but it's definitely not something that's happened a lot. I mean, obviously, we've got a lot of picks. You know, we've got thousands of picks over the years, um, so it'd be hard to go back and and dissect and, and find a position player. We could get our correct production staff to do that. That'd be great. <laughs> um, no, I, I think the Rams. First of all, I think the Rams are the more like they have more to lose. The Cardinals win this game, division's over. Right. I, I don't care what you – care how many games are left in mathematics and all of that. They go up three on the Rams with the season sweep. That means you're up four, and, and the season's over. For I mean, the, the division's over. So I, I think the Rams are the team who's playing for a little more. And I don't know how much I trust the Cardinals to front run. You know, how, how often do we see teams get to this spot right here? You know, they're 10-2. and two. And the next thing you know, yeah, they're going into the playoffs, but now they're, you know, they've only, they might only add one or two more wins. You have four division matchups this week uh, in which one team is two games behind the, the other, right. uh, behind a, a division leader. And uh, this is definitely one of them. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to that Monday nighter. Like I said, the second straight week where it feels like, uh, okay, this is a, a big, measuring stick this is a big turning point to see which one of these two teams you know show us something and show that they're uh the more legitimate team and yeah we're we're on the same page there we both think the rams are going to be the the more desperate team and the team that uh needs to to put it on the the cardinals and need to answer for what the cardinals came to their house and did to them uh, in week four so yeah like i said i thought you were going to go the other way on that one no well I'm glad to surprise you so what's that five I'm going five. That's my guess. Uh, you, you're usually very accurate with that. So let's see here. A few early, uh, four of the uh, early games were different on. So that's wow, uh, surprising. Um, and then uh, a couple of the late ones. So it was actually six. six. Okay. All that's right. A pretty good number. That's pretty much where we're. You, you know, I mean, you figure that there's. Uh, I mean, so it's seven considering that we already disagreed on one that's over. Right. So it's half for the week. Right. About seven out of 14. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. You know, we, we, we traditionally will find a way to come in pretty, pretty close on them, but not this year. That's, that's uh, pretty good. Uh, anything of interest uh, happening up there this week? No, it's just Christmas is coming. Just getting ready for the holidays, getting all that last minute Christmas shopping kind of out of the way and, you know, trying to you know manage. I've got a nice, I've got a nice chunk of time coming off up at the end of the month that I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited for. So I get a nice run of time off that I'm I'm ready. 
Christmas. Normally, I've already taken a vacation right around now. Um, right. So I, I, I decided to save that for more at the end of the month, and I got about 10 more days to go before I get there. So I'm just counting it down. I'm sure you are. I'm, I'm pulling your uh, side of it. I'm burning off my last couple of vacation days this, uh, this coming Monday and Tuesday. So ah. getting that in. Uh, we had um, things making noises in our wall, and oh, that's never a, a good thing. Uh, no, like scratching things, like critters. Oh, like, like, okay, like varmints. Yeah. yeah. Um, could be could be anything around here. It could be squirrels, could be coons, could be rock, hey, don't roots, say that. <laughs> you know, raccoons. I'm sorry. Oh, um, okay, for, okay. For, okay. For, okay. For, like, for, damn, living in the south, getting to you. <laughs> fellow coons I may have offended out there. Um, no, I I don't know if it's, you know, roof rats or what, whatever it might be. Uh, what pissed me off was that I went through the trouble of doing a little research trying to find a, a wildlife company. There's a million wildlife companies down here uh, that you could call. Like, so I finally, like pest control? I mean, like, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, come out, see what that is. Because, you know, even if it's not something wildlife-related, if it's just rats, you know, they'll still – try to trap them, get rid of them, and then seal up the house. And we've had that. We we had to have somebody come out and do that a few years ago. So I I didn't remember what company that was. And also, we got things scratching in our wall. Apparently, what they did didn't work or didn't stick. So I wanted to – I kind of wanted to go somewhere else. But the company I decided to call – so the guy comes out yesterday. Uh, first of all, he didn't call when he was on his way. He just rang the doorbell, and I wasn't ready for him. So it took me a, a couple minutes to uh, be able to get to the door. I get to the door. There's no one there. I look down the street, and I see his truck driving off. So I called the son of a bitch oh. back, and I'm like, um, dude, okay. uh, you you were just here. What's what's going on? And he goes, well, I would have had bad news for you anyway. Uh, you've got the duplex thing going. Your, uh, your house is attached to another house. We can't uh-huh. do anything for you. And I go, oh. what do you mean you can't do anything? Well, you you we'd have to do something where we're talking to the to the to the neighbor and getting their uh, situation and, and sealing them up as well. And since uh, you know we can't talk to them as well, we'd have to, you know unless you want to talk to them and, and get that figured out first. But it, we can't come in and do you know do something um, because you've got the duplex situation going on. And, and I'm just I, I did not. That didn't smell right at all. First of all, because like I said, we had someone come out before and do what what they, you know they caught some things that were crawling around in our attic, and then they sealed it up or supposedly sealed it up. I did not hear one thing when they came out about well, you're attached to another house, so we we can't do anything, or oh, we got to talk to them. I didn't hear anything at all concerning that. But these people came out and and decided, well, you're you got, you're attached to another house. We can't do anything. It didn't smell right because we had someone come out, and it didn't smell right because of the way this guy handled it, where he rang my doorbell once and then ran like a little bitch. I didn't like that at all. Like, <laughs> like, if well, you've got an issue I'm with the Waiting for you to thing, find a bag of flaming dog poop on your doorstep or something. I mean, if you if you got an issue with it, stand there and wait for me to answer the door and explain it to me, or call me before you get here or call me after you leave, which he may have, you know, maybe he was going to call after he drove away, but I just didn't like that part of it. The way that he handled it, run up, 
and and ring the doorbell once and then run like yeah like you said like a like a child dropping off uh you know a prank a uh, bag of poop at the door and running yeah like what what are you doing i i didn't like the way that was handled off so uh the good news is i haven't heard any scratching uh yesterday uh after he left or uh today whatever oh, got so- in there may have found its way back out however i still want somebody to come out here because i want this sealed up and I want, you know, however they got in, I want that taken care of, of course. Uh, so what happened is I wound up, my, my wife uh, found the people that we had the, the last time and I wound up calling them and, and I'm waiting on them to get back to me, but I didn't want to use them because whatever they did last time apparently didn't take, but the, the, the experience I had with these people, the, the other people that I tried to call, I didn't like that uh, at all. I didn't like the way they handled that. It was difficult trying to decide on one of those many companies uh, to to use because there's so many out there. And I was going through the Better Business Bureau website, and there's uh, some of those companies have reviews that are left on there. And as you know, you know, being in business, it only takes one bad review to sort of turn you off to somebody. Yeah. Because you're like, well, if they treated this person like that or, you know, whatever went bad. So, yeah, a couple of those companies, one of them had a review up. I guess they were going back and forth on the review with the with the customer. Like the company was coming back wow. and trying to dispute and coming. And so it was back and forth. It was, you know, like a, a Judge Wapner people's court situation where well, I said this and then she said this. And then she goes, no, that's not how this happened. This is, you know, uh, the woman's uh, – one of those companies, the woman claimed that the guy – that okay, she left a, a one star review because of whatever uh, the bad service was. Right. She said the she said the company called her back disputing what was going on, and then at some point told her she could take her one star and shove it up her ass. Oh, which is well, nice. Whatever the situation is, that's not cool. You you don't do that. Uh, right. And so I immediately didn't use you know I, that that took them out of consideration because even whatever the situation, even if they weren't at fault. If the, the the customer is claiming that that was their reaction at some point, I, I'm not I'm not trying to use you. I'm not trying to get into a, a spat where you're telling me to shove anything up my ass because I'm I'm not going to take kindly to that. You know, I'm uh, I, I got I got issues, man. If you if you trigger me, I I don't know what I might do. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of those uh, companies that got some really bad reviews on there, and I I felt kind of bad just sort of disqualifying them in my mind, but. It's a bad review, and that you know, if you if you see a company that's got a bad review, you're just you're not going to use them. You're going to go look for somebody else who doesn't have a bad review. So I found this other company that had all glowing reviews, and they came out and rang the doorbell once and said, eh, we can't we can't do anything for you." So I, I'm not going to go write a bad review for them and, and messed up their their rating. I don't I don't think that's necessarily appropriate, but I just I didn't like the way they they did that. Yeah, they get the old ding dong ditch. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't appreciate that at all. So yeah, I'm I'm very glad to uh, to, to know that there isn't any scratching or, or any situation because this is the room that I was hearing it in this room that I'm sitting in now doing the podcast and it wasn't fun like you you would have been able to hear it through the mic that's how loud it was a couple of days ago like something wow. got in there and was mad and wanted to get out like now. Like I, I was afraid it was coming through the wall. That's how angry it was scratching and, and making noise. Um, my like my wife heard it. And she was like, "What the hell? 
she, she basically did a Daniel Sargent. You know, what the fuck is? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but I haven't heard anything uh, since the since the, the storms blew through. Basically, so I don't I don't know what that maybe scared them away or something. <laughs> basically, what it sounded like. Um, so whatever it was is apparently gone at the moment, but I'm still uh, we're, we're still gonna get somebody out there to look at it to try to figure out what happened, uh, how they got in in the first place. Well, that's good. Yeah, well, that's about it for me. Uh, yeah, I haven't, had anything I haven't, else? No, I haven't had a whole lot going on. Well, that, that, you know, no, it's no that time of year, news, right? Yeah, it's just it's Christmas time. You just kind of try to keep it quiet and. Get through to the holidays. Get rid of the three feet of snow. Man, it was it was only ten inches. <laughs> only ten inches. That, that's right. Yeah, you called it an easy uh, an, an easy snowstorm. It was an <laughs> e, yeah. It was an easy ten. <laughs> that's what, that's what she said. Uh, yeah, it's I, you guys up there. I don't know how you how you do that. I, I I'm so removed from winter weather and, and dealing with all that. So like I said, the snow that we got uh, down here uh, last February or March that basically shut down the city for like an entire week, that Chicago would have looked at it and laughed. Like, really? Come on. It's like no, two I or three know. inches. It's, just yeah, we us. talk about that all the time. Like, what a what a different world it is. Yeah. You know, their, their, their verse is here. No, no doubt. So, um, yeah, I'm... You know, next week you said, uh, do we have a Saturday next week? So are we Friday now? We have Saturday games starting next week. Uh, so next week is going to have to be uh, Friday football, Friday uh, Friday football party, uh, because you do have Saturday games starting next week. And now, that can, diff- that, that's all right. We, we, get, we always get to that in December, so we're used to it. Yeah, so it's going to be the uh, Friday next week, and then the week after that is Christmas week, which we already determined is going to be a Thursday football party show. Uh, that we're going to be doing during the Thursday night game because we're not going to do a show Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, right? Um, and then after that, we're we're used to having uh, Saturday games in that last week before Week 17. Um, but I don't think there's Saturday games in the last two weeks of the year, so I think we can go back to Saturday, uh, the Saturday football party for the last uh, for Week 17 and Week 18. But uh, next week, oh my god! <laughs> yep. Uh, but next next week, only week fifteen, only four more weeks left after that. Um, but next week will definitely uh, have to be Friday. All right. Well, that, that's not so bad. Now, is that nine o'clock, or is, do you have to head up uh, start later? No, I'm. Yeah, no, I get home about eight, so I, I can do it. I, we, I'm home by eight o'clock now, so I can get home. Uh, and have be ready for a nine o'clock show, no problem. Okay. All right, sounds good. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. It's been a long day. We're out there, you know, shoveling snow and doing all that fun stuff today. I mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> no winter wonderland. It's so much fun. Uh yeah, I me and my my throat here. Uh, I I think that is maybe uh the the deal is if you talk all day that your voice is warmed up by the time we get, we do a two hour show and mine is not. Cause I definitely do not talk uh, all day. I'm sitting there doing data entry and keeping to myself and not saying a word. So maybe I got to uh, do some voice exercises before we go on the air or something. Yeah. Uh, 
go back to the theater class. Um, but thankfully, uh, everything is good now. And uh, yeah, before it goes bad again, I guess we'll, we'll we'll cut it here and get ready for our football tomorrow. Uh, what did we say? Six games that we're going going against each other. Uh, six more, yeah. Yep. In addition to the uh, the, the Thursday nighter. Ooh, that, that Thursday night game, Boy, that was that was that was a thing. <laughs> All right, uh, so next week again, just a reminder: Friday night we will be back for our football party, recapping Week 14 and getting you ready for the games of Week 15, including a couple of Saturday games next week. Uh, so nine o'clock Central, ten o'clock Eastern on Friday, uh, December the 17th. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Friday, December 17th, and then the uh, week after that will be the, the Thursday, the 23rd. So that's our, our schedule coming up for the next couple of weeks here on In Much Less Detail, the podcast. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been IMLD, In Much Less Detail, the podcast, with your two-hour-plus football party. Thank you all for listening, and let's have a good week 14 uh, with maybe less craziness and, and goofiness than we had last week. But in this crazy, goofy season, it's hard to ask for anything else. It's just it is what it is. Everybody, enjoy your football tomorrow, and we will be back Friday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.